Hello, friends. Welcome to Outside Perspective. I'm your host, Adam Meredith. If this is your first time listening, welcome and thank you. You guys fucking rock. If you are coming back for more, you guys are fucking rad as well. And you guys deserve a treat. So uh, give yourself a hand. Um, this episode is brought to you by my good friends over at Jombo Superfoods. You can check out their full line of products at jombocbd.com. I love their muscle bomb. I love their sprays. I love their drops. They have a ghee, which I actually haven't tried out yet, but you can cook with it. You can add it to your coffee. It's a butter. So go check them out, man. Jombocbd.com. You can save 20% off of your entire order by using the code outside at checkout. So again, use the code outside at checkout and you will save 20% off of your entire order. Also, this episode is brought to you by me uh, and my company, Imposed Will. Go check us out at imposedwill.com. We just dropped our full apparel line. You can get that there. Also, while you're at it, do me a favor and sign up for our mailing list. That way you can be in the know on what's happening, and uh, we'll send out uh, you know discount codes and different things. So you'll be the first uh, to get that information. My guest today is... Another repeat guest. Man, this one was a very popular episode. It was episode seven with Tracy Taylor. I have the man, the myth, the legend himself back again for episode 77. Man, I, I just love this guy so much. We spend a lot of time together. Every time I... we. It's like a podcast every time I'm with him. We just don't always have it recorded. So it's nice to sit down and actually record, uh, you know, the conversation that we're having. So that way I can share it with all of you listeners. You know, Tracy's just a hell of a dude, man. He is a BJJ black belt. He's a martial artist to the fullest. He is a teacher. He's a philosopher. He, just an amazing human being. So you know what the deal is. This is going to be a great uh, conversation and uh, I'm going to stop my rambling so you guys can listen to it. Um, here we go, guys. Tracy Taylor. All right, here we go. Episode 77, Tracy Taylor. It's been 70 episodes since I've sat down with you. It seems just like yesterday. It, it literally does, but we're almost at a year. Was it August or September? Um, yeah, probably August. It's close enough. It was right at the beginning, right at the beginning. Cause, so this will be, at the end of this month, it'll be nine months that I've been releasing episodes. So I definitely started um, recording a little bit before. So yeah, I guess it was August. So I started in July. Yeah, August. So it's been like nine months, eight months. It feels like yesterday. It truly does. It really does. It does. But <laughs> it's probably also because we sit down and talk a lot anyway. We just don't record it. Yeah. Every day is a podcast. Right. That's <laughs> how I feel with Justin Bricker. Right. Like we lost the good stuff sitting at the table. We just sat upstairs for like two and a half hours, or at least an hour and a half, almost yeah. two hours. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So episode... 77 right 77. now. 77. Wow. Well, cheers. Congratulations. Oh, thanks, dude. Cheers. Yeah, absolutely. Well, scotch. A little scotch, a little Stella. I'm a happy man. Man, it's good vibes. I enjoy it. 
Last time we uh, we were fresh off of Worlds. Now we're just living life, man. But I got a ton of feedback because, uh, like I called you earlier, you're like the uh, the samurai philosopher. <laughs> <laughs> you always have words of wisdom, dude. Yeah. That, that just means I've made more mistakes. That is true. That is true. There was a quote that I heard. Um, I, I'd have to look it up. It's on my phone. I wrote it down. But it was something like um, something like the um, like the best lessons come from like the worst decisions or something like that, or the best experiences come from. The, I don't know. God, that's absolutely true. Something like it's something about bad decisions and good lessons. Yeah, I mean, I'm hoping that uh, <laughs> my kids are geniuses <laughs> when yeah. it's all said and done with, because I was a uh, I was a knucklehead, and I learned. I decided to change my way, so I'm thinking every time I look at them and I feel like they're doing stupid stuff, you know. Yeah. Do you ever see yourself in them? Oh, 100%. Yeah, like when Hickson's doing something? All the time. But that's also been the the one of the best things ever for me. <clears throat> and, and Michelle will tell you this, um, the wife, for those that don't know. She will tell you that I will ask her, is there anything I can do better? Um can I can I do more? Can I do the dishes more? Can I do laundry more? Can I do we need to go on more date? Whatever it may be. Yeah. Because I try to be a better version of myself every day. What drives that? What's 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 fueling that drive? Because I mean, I've been divorced and like it's very easily like it's very easy to get complacent mm-hmm. and to not want to do better because sure. you, you just feel like you're doing it. I think it's probably a couple of things. For one, I I think I compete in all things. Yeah. <laughs> period. <laughs> I, I like... Uh, Gotta be the best husband. I hate losing more than I like winning. Um, I don't know if that's good or bad, but that's me. That's a powerful statement that you just said. I don't... It's not that I... I don't... I don't play not to lose. That's different. That's how you lose. That's how you lose. You're going to play to win. I play to win, but I hate losing more than I like winning. And it's not at an all-cost, I'm going to cheat kind of thing. Because mm. it doesn't mean anything if I had to cheat to get it. Um, and somebody beat me, then you beat me fair and square, I'm going to shake your hand. Good for you. We're probably going to be friends. But I got a list. I'm a, I'll make a list. And I'm okay with that. And what do you, you mean like you make a list? Well, you know, remember, uh, what was that Adam Sandler movie? And Steve Buscemi had that uh, book, People to Kill. Mm-hmm. Right? Like that. Oh, okay. Like yeah. just to get back at those oh, people? Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, like if you get, if you submitted when I was I remember being a white belt, and if you submitted me on Tuesday, I came back Thursday with like a gi that was like skin tight, <laughs> and it would probably be the sleeves would be to my elbows, and, <laughs> and the uh, the pants would be to my knees. They were short pants. Yeah, I wasn't giving you anything, um, but that's me, <laughs> and I'd stand there in the corner like this, you know, like fat guy in a little coat. Yeah. Um, just, and I, I, I think about it, uh, I probably didn't sleep. I just waited for that day to come back so I could get you. And, uh, but that's me in all things. Yeah. You know, I'll be cool about it. I'll be chill about it. And then underneath it's just like, it's that fucking anger. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just, uh, I'm just making plans. Yeah. Sometimes when I lose or I get tapped and I feel like I shouldn't, I'll look at that person. Like they don't see it, but there's this, this rage. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. burning deep inside, like, like like it's yelling. Mm-hmm. It's just like I want to chop your head off right now. <laughs> right, but you know, it, it, it's more about. For me though, it's more about me 
than it is them. Yeah, it's not necessarily yeah. them. It's just like you're angry with yourself. Sure, right. And, and they were just like the catalyst for uh, that. And that's a great way to put it, the catalyst. So now um, I probably won't sleep for the next two days until we get to do it again. And I'm uh, strategizing and plotting on your demise, even though it's not about them. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you're in the book of people I have to kill. <laughs> but the question was why. So one, uh, I compete and I need to be a better version of myself um, to be better every day. But two, I also just want to be a decent person. Yeah. When you know when it comes down to it, and if I can't, if I can't be a decent person to the person that should be in your life every day, then I'm doing something wrong. Yeah. So, you know, my parents were pretty, uh, pretty amazing, pretty influential. And when you have that great example in front of you every day, but you also know that they're human, you know, um, it's always an exercise in doing better. You know, I was never blinded by necessarily the good and bad that my parents did. It was always kind of a even killed, you know, without fail. My dad got my mother flowers every Valentine's Day. Yeah. Didn't mean they didn't fight. Oh, yeah. But I knew because of the person that he was, and I so my friend, you met Chris Jenkins in Chicago, yeah, the friend that helped Michelle put everything together for the birthday party in Chicago. Um, the running joke of Chris and I is that I always say that I'm flawed, and being flawed is part of my charm, and and we will forever joke about that, and I fully believe that though, but I think within saying that. There's also things that go with that that are also, you know, can be endearing because because I know I'm flawed. I also means I need to work on myself. Yeah. You know, and I probably came up with that in, in just making fun of myself because nobody's perfect. Right. But that's like the right way to look at it. And I don't know if there's the right way, but it's like you could say, well, I'm flawed. So fuck it. Yeah. I'm just going to do whatever I want. Like, I'm just not going to be a good person. Like, I'm flawed. Who cares? Like, you just use that as the excuse. But we've all been there. We've all done that. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe I've done enough evil that I want to do right. (laughs) Or if I really just, I I do want to be a good person. I do want to do better than I did the day before. Um, And I feel like I also owe people. Uh, I know I don't owe people, but I know that there's people. I know that, you know, there's kids. I have kids. And I know that... um, I have an amazing family, and I mean, I even mean like cousins, aunts, uncles. I'm talking about like you know Guinness Book of Records, amazing people around me. You have one of the biggest uh, networks I've ever seen. Man, my family is phenomenal, and you you met my cousin Jabari. Mm-hmm. Um, Great dude. He's truly one of my favorite people in life. Um, DJ and also the assistant federal attorney general in in Kansas. But you'd never know who he is who he is. At the same time my dad was a president of a company, you'd never know who he is who he was. Yeah, I would never guess that Jabari is the uh, you no. said assistant DA, right? Yeah, yeah I, would, I would Federal. Federal, yeah. Like I would no, never no. guess. He's just super chill and laid yeah. back and just very very unassuming. And one of the funniest people I ever met in my life. And DJ's on a weekend. And I, I, I love that dude with my whole heart. And he was there to support me in most of my fights. Would would come in town or wherever I was at and show up and just be there for whatever I needed. If that meant there was blood on me, he was ripping a tablecloth off a table to rub the, you know, to get the blood off. Yeah. Whatever it took. If he if there was a number to be given, he was grabbing a pencil. Yeah. Before he even looked around, he was like, I oh, use for that number you're about to get. And he per- just. Perfectly, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But just for whatever, you know, would show up to be there for whatever. And uh, 
person that's invested, but my entire family's that way. Yeah. So there's a, in in some regard, there's a legacy to live up to, but one you don't mind living up to. Because sometimes their weight can come with that, but I don't feel like there's weight. I feel like there's something you want to. I look at it as like an opportunity. It's 100% an opportunity. It's like an opportunity to grow and like try to meet that or exceed it, right? I mean, from since like since your dad's passed, um, mm-hmm. everything that like I've just heard from like you and just like your family whenever I meet them and different things, it's like you come from like a very um, – it's a very like strong. St- st- it's st- strong is the word, but there's like a word behind strong that I want to use. But it's like I mean, you just have like such a strong like base, and um, it's just like you. I've just heard so many like positive things about him. He was just definitely like the cornerstone of your family, and I can just I I, I understand why you are the way you are more now. Yeah, I, I think when you, <clears throat> I've always said. I'm a good balance of both my parents. Yeah. And people said, you know, oh, you look like your mom. You know, you got your mom's eyes. And, oh, but you look like your dad here. And I'm thinking, you know, I'm I'm a hundred percent mix of both of them. Yeah. Is that math right? Can it be a fifty percent mix? Because it's fifty fifty. <laughs> I'm not good at math. Uh, whatever. <laughs> I'm a mix of both of them. Um, his very quiet and um, calculating. Yeah. In a in a positive way. Um move maker and her refined yet ability to take uh take off the eight carrots and put the Vaseline on to take yeah. the ring off and, and, and let you know, you know. I read I read a post today or a meme that said, um it was about a girl. Like I want a girl who's medium hood. Yeah. Not all the way hood. Just enough. Just enough. You know, refined enough to do what she gotta do, but she'll let you know. That's your mom. <laughs> That is very much my mom. She's such a sweet woman. She's amazing, but she'll tell you about yourself. <laughs> she'll tell you about yourself. I like to be told about myself. I, we all need to be told about ourselves. I love it, honestly. I think it's a good thing. And and I think, um, so I use my parents' as resources to do that. And I will also use uh, an old boss of mine. And I will also use my master, Rodrigo, my jiu-jitsu father. When, when I consider all these these uh, different entities or points of view when I have those conversations with people, not just in jiu-jitsu but in life, when I choose to tell somebody about themselves. But the trick is f- figuring out which which finger, so to speak, which person you should use, which voice you yeah. should use when you, when you do that. Sometimes it's a mix of all. Sometimes it's just not going to be kind and nice. Yeah. And you just got to let people know, and that's okay. Yeah. I mean, we're all just human, man. We're all just right. trying to make it. And you're not, I'm not, and I'm never saying it to be mean or be cruel. It's, you're telling people what they need to hear. Yeah. Well, you know, man, everybody's just trying to like beat around the bush. And it's like, um, sometimes just being direct and just honest is, uh, most times it's just the way to go. Like, why, why play around? Well, it's I not like you're telling, it's not like you're lying. You use the keyword honesty. And I think if everything is honest and it comes from the heart with intent. You know, we just talked upstairs. Yeah. And we talked about doing a podcast to Worlds when Worlds comes up. And we didn't disagree. We just had different points of view about how something should be done. And the more we talked through it, the more I was able to work out my own thoughts of what my small thought was in the beginning. Yeah. It's good just to work it, it, like, is. Work through it, it out loud. Yeah. But if you're with the wrong people, that can be... Uh, construed completely differently. Yeah. But when you're in a free environment to think and speak and you're going, okay, let me work through that thought process and go, yeah, we're both onto something, but we, we're not there yet. 
Yeah. We know there's something, but we just have to work through the format of doing it, right. so to speak. Yeah, that makes me think of, I just heard the other day, like, um, or maybe I read Do it. Do they even make sense? They probably don't, you know. You know. <laughs> what? Like, what? What you said? Yeah, what we're saying. Oh, in yeah. General. Yeah. Well, yeah. it makes sense to us. Hopefully it makes sense to the listeners. Yeah. But I just, I, I read something the other day or said something, I can't remember, but it said that um, uh only a weak communicator, like it's like it's like it's a sign like you're you're a weak communicator if you feel like um, every time we have a disagreement we're arguing. Okay, but th- let's. Uh, it's like not arguing. It's just like it's like we just have a difference of opinion, and it's not saying like that was the scenario up there, but it's just saying no, I like agree. it's just like. You, but think about early relationships. Think about early girlfriends. You know, when you're just figuring that whole thing out. Yeah. At a young age, if you're in seventh grade sixth grade whatever what's the shelf life of that relationship yeah pretty a week <laughs> five days if, feels man, like two got, months if you got to a month then that's probably like in dog years that's probably like 10-year relationship so it's, it's a while it's a while yeah so when you have an argument or a disagreement or you don't see eye to eye even let's take argument out of it you just don't see eye to eye then it's like in the world oh my god i can't believe you yeah. like green beans <laughs> You know. I like corn. Right, right. And it's got no nutritional value, so you're the devil. Yeah. Right? Not today, Satan. So it, it's going to completely throw off the dynamic. But as you get older, if that's the perspective or the paradigm you've had your whole life. Yeah. Because we all know as you get older, and you're, let's say you're 18 to 21 and you've been in college, you've dated people, and they're not always the most secure relationships. Yeah. There's alcohol involved, and there's there's testosterone, and there's estrogen, and there's just Your brain lack is of ma- not fully developed. Right, the frontal lobe's not developed, and it's just lack of maturity. So when something like that happens, you just not always it's not always constructive when you have those conversations. So when you do get to a, a relationship that has potential, you're not always prepared because the the paradigm you've come from doesn't support that. Yeah, so that's you're going. So that's true. not that's not the end of the world. We're still together. Yeah, like, you're not leaving. Yeah. Yeah, and I think now that I think about it, what it said was it said a weak. I think it was a weak communicator thinks everything is an argument, right? It's like, and that's not the case at all. Like sometimes we're just having a discussion, <clears throat> right? So full circle. That's the other part of um, my motivation to be better version, is knowing that in past relationships also working on myself in past relationships when when not necessarily when something went wrong. But maybe I didn't always have the right people in my life. I want to, and you know, throw in the gutter and I'd go get another. Yeah, it's the way I always looked at it. Always a new one, right? So I always wanted to. I wanted to make sure when the right one entered my life, I was doing the right things. Yeah. So I would do the work for myself. So if something didn't go right, it was never going to be me. That's fair. That's fair. I learned a lot from my divorce because, like, I learned. Like, after you take that time, like, you start reflecting, and I was just like, man, like, these are all the things that I definitely could have done better. Right, because no matter what, we're always at fault in some way. Oh, and if you if you're solely looking at the other person, there's something wrong with you. Yeah, you can't do that, right? Yeah. I mean, but it, a lot of people do. It takes two to tango, for sure. And um, But on that same note, like, you can't take all the blame. No, you no. I, that, I did that in the beginning. I'm like, oh, it's all my fucking fault. I'll never find somebody no, this great ever again. No. And then now I'm just like, you know what? That was the best fucking thing that ever happened to right. me. Cause she, <laughs> she and, that, <laughs> and that's always false. Like, there's theories that, you know, true love. Does true love really exist? Um, I think that there's probably multiple people out there for everybody. Yeah, 100%, man. At the end of the day. There's so many people. We're yeah. all humans. And yeah. 
there's so many um like forms of love you know what i mean like there's yeah there's just different stages of it yeah and we probably learn to you know we're pliable yeah we're pliable so you can kind of format yourself to that because in some ways it's what you need at that point at that time but you know what it's no different than uh let's say jujitsu match um okay since it's episode 77 let's take a trip back um i want to match that day and i was a better person that day yeah um, well real quick i'm going to interrupt you for the listeners you be the number one jujitsu player at your weight class in the world in the first round yeah he's yeah legend and, and the and the ref didn't even give you your points right all the right, way right right it, so just yeah. just to kind of let people know what we're talking about and the thing is um you know, this is not a unique idea, um, but maybe I was the best person at that day, at that time, at that moment, uh, during that lunar cycle. <laughs> you know, um, it is what it is. Yeah. You know what I mean? So but there's there's always ways to look at that. So it's all degrees. Yeah. It's degrees. You know, it really degrees. is. You know, uh, we do it again. Maybe uh, I lose wholeheartedly. Maybe I do it again. You know? There's something to be said for being the best kept secret in the underground of jujitsu. It's nice to be the playground under- legend. Yeah, let's go with that. Hey, man, it's not. There's nothing wrong with being the underdog. No, you no. were definitely the underdog in that situation. Yeah, he. Uh, you think maybe he just didn't like. You think he like he overlooked you. He's like, oh, first round gonna be easy. Oh, I'm, I'm sure there's some, there's probably some of that, but um, and we've all been behind the eight ball, even if it's in the gym, and by the time you you. You know, you're behind the momentum, behind the steam. You're like, man, I just can't catch up. It's too late. It happens. Yeah. It happens. And at the end of the day, somebody's wearing a black belt, they're wearing a black belt. Yeah. Well, he didn't hate to lose enough. <laughs> yeah. I think that's a powerful statement because, so I listen to a lot of uh, different podcasts, but uh, like uh, Andy Frisella here in St. Mm-hmm. Louis, you know, the MFCEO project. And there was a period there where he was asking different people. He's like, he's like, what do you, like, do you like to win or do you like like do you hate to lose? Which one, you know, more? And you already answered that, right? You hate to oh, lose yeah. more. Yeah. And like I, I said the same thing. Like, I hate to lose more than I like to win. I'll be honest though. I'm not sure how I feel about that. And there's a part of me that wishes it was the other way. Um. I wish I could say I really cared what people think. I, I don't. Yeah. But part of me thinks, well, maybe that sounds really sadistic or really selfish or really. Not selfish. That's not a good word. Like, what the wrong? What's wrong with you? You know what yeah. I mean. But that. But I have to admit it. That's just how I'm wired. And and I don't think I'm a bad person. I don't think I'm evil. I don't. I don't do anything cheap to win a match, even if it's in practice. In fact, I would feel guilty if somebody's doing something wrong on a roll with them and I don't correct them. Yeah. Because that just means I don't have to be the best version of me. Right. The better they are, the better you are. Completely. Yeah, I don't want to win at all costs, but I feel like if I'm doing everything I should do, then I just expect to win. Like, I can remember just kind of coming up that my coach would always tell me, like, we don't celebrate when we win because you're expect- expected. It. Yeah. It's expected. Yeah, you yeah. put in the work, like, that's what you expect. So I think when you're just like a high achiever and like you work hard, it's just like you expect to win. Which almost has like a negative consequence in the sense of like, there's, enjoy the there's no more thrill. Well, you know, it's like, just like you're happy and then you just move on. But is that bad? I don't know. No, I mean, I. Uh, <clears throat> so I will say this: like, if I whether it be a cage fight, cage would be more accurate. When I fought, um, 
I always heard music in my head after I won. Oh, and what I heard was because my first fight, Lil Wayne, go DJ. That my DJ. Yeah, yeah, that song was just coming out. So in my head, when I won, that's what was playing in my head, and I was standing on the cage, and I was probably you know with the crowd, you know, doing this and you know, hand in the air, (laughs) waving it like I just didn't care. Yeah. Yeah, but in my what really happened though, was probably just the solemn look of. Because I expected the I had the expectation for myself, yeah, to win. Um, and I know the same thing happened in Vegas this past August. I probably was like, hey, probably, you know, people probably from the outside, people might have been excited, people were happy. I know my teammates were happy, whatever. For everybody else, people in awe or shock. I shouldn't say awe, more shock and awe. Um, but I probably just had to look like, yeah, because yeah. I didn't show up to not win. Right. I mean, that's why you're competing. That's why I came. You expect to win. Yeah. So. You know, you got to get ready for the next thing. So what is it you're going to celebrate yeah. in my head? Um, but that's just how I think about things. But I think there is some shame in that, and you should celebrate even small victories or what's the purpose, and you'll never be happy. And I think there's something truly wrong with that. And that's one thing I do worry about with my kids and my attitude being that way. Not an attitude, but... If I reflect that too often. Yeah, I worry about that too. I don't want them to be that way. I want to celebrate. I try to celebrate them. Mm -hmm. But I also want them to know that the expectation is. Right, it's higher. Like you can't settle for this. You know what I mean? It's like not enough. I worry about that too, right? Because you get so used to winning and then you just kind of create this habit of winning. And like the small wins just aren't enough. Mm-mm. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, small win, like that's great, and like you, it's good to celebrate those. You can't live in that moment, obviously, no. because no. like then you're stuck. But it's like you're always looking for that big win. But maybe the balance is, as I'm discovering about myself as we talk. Yeah. Maybe the balance is celebrating it through other people. Maybe just appreciating in the moment. I guess. Right. Right. Like you know, when you go to bed that night, considering it or. um celebrate those small moments through other people but knowing yet i still have a job to do and the journey's not done even if it's not the same day and it's four months later sometimes people will celebrate it for you and be happy for you and it's in some maybe for me it's easier to i can vicariously celebrate that through somebody else that's vicariously celebrating it through me (laughs) man that was a lot of math I yeah. do think that made sense, but I need somebody to check, get the it, whiteboard checked. It made sense to me, right? Because, um, I mean, they're happy for you, so you're mm-hmm. just going to live through their happiness. Right. But it's And like, it's easy to take a step back sometimes and, and, and admire that and appreciate that because, you know, people just or just care about you and they want to celebrate you as a friend. Yeah. And, so and, we, and we all, I think it's important to do that. I like to do that for my friends as well. Right. Yeah. So, and, and if it's something that they yeah. can't do themselves. Sure. Like so the that's genuine. Yeah. As I'm again discovering about myself, because when I do that with my friends, I want I want to generally celebrate, genuinely celebrate that about them because they're important to me. Yeah, man. Like whenever your friend does something well, or like a family member, just someone you care about, you get so happy for them, and you just feel so good. Or at least winners do anyway. Like if you have a growth yeah. a growth mindset. There you go. There you go. Winners. <laughs> I got to bring it in, right? Yeah, I think it's important to do that. You you have to celebrate. Um, I think it's okay. I know Michelle loves, she's always been a dancer her whole life. And I'd be very okay with if she still danced and then sitting in the front row with a bouquet of whatever the appropriate flower is and being a fan of hers. Yeah. 
because as it is, she does so much to support the family and, and what I do or the kids do. I think it's a great balance to be a fan of somebody else. Yeah, I enjoy it, man. So this, uh, I guess it was last weekend, was like my first actual like full-on experience as a coach. So Jackson Henson, mm-hmm. Sammy Henson's yeah, son. Yeah, I've been I've, I've been working with him since the beginning of the year um, doing striking. He's got a great attitude. Such a great attitude, yeah. dude. Just such a hard worker. He puts in um, – just he just he just puts in all that extra work like when he's not with me and you can tell right when, yeah. you, when you're training yeah. with somebody you can tell if they went and worked on what you've been working on with them and uh, so I've been working on striking with him and as we've been talking like I'm, I'm pretty much damn near just his MMA coach basically because like his full-on coach because he's going to these practices and different things but there's like nobody really like I found out like guiding him the whole way so I've just been working with this kid exclusively like all this for this past few months and then um he had his fight last week he won in like 30 seconds and like he's talking to me and then just well just through the entire process like i know exactly how he's feeling i know exactly what he's going through exactly and then like afterwards he's just like he's talking to me and he's like explaining it i'm just like dude i know i I know (laughs) it's i'm so happy he feels that it means more than when you do it yourself right yeah it's just like i just see it and it's like i'm still calm Right, like, right. but in the inside, yeah, on the, go DJ. Yeah, man, I'm just like, like, yeah, DJ. dude, like I yeah. fucking like, yeah, yeah man, yeah. like let's do this. But it's like he's doing things, like he's hanging out with his friends and he's celebrating his wins, different things. I'm just like, I'm just gonna go to bed, bro. Like, I, right, right. <laughs> but it's just like I see but he him. Should. He deserves it. He yeah. should. He went. He put in the work. He fucking faced adversity. He like he got rocked at the opening bell. Because he was like, he went out, he tried to touch gloves. Yeah, oh, he got sucker punched. Yeah, it was. Or drag gouged. Yeah, it was just one of those situations where, like, it was both their first fight. And I don't think the other guy had any, like, ill intent. He just was fighting. He was just fighting. Well, there's a reason they say protect yourself at all times. At all times. Yeah. He was just so tuned in. And Jackson, I guess, was just so sure that he was going to touch gloves with him. And I was like, all right, dude, in the beginning of the fight, you need to, like, hold your hand up and just be like. We in? Yes or no. Yes or no. And even then, there's no guarantee. Yeah, even then, there's no guarantee. And then it's a true sucker punch. But he just went through that whole adversity. And, like, he fought. He did his thing. And it's just like. Yeah, man. Like I'm just, I was just super proud of him and just so happy for his moment because I know how he's feeling in that sure, moment. Sure. And he's like explaining it to me, like, yeah, but like dude, you I know. like already know. You don't you, have to say you a word. You gotta say a word. We to can me. just sit here, and look at each other. We'll both get it. Exactly. So I, I have to say though, uh, you know, he's come to Sunday school, mm-hmm. uh, my my class. For those who don't know, on Sundays a few times, and I really enjoyed working with him. And he's busy. He's got a lot going on. And I wish he was there more because I, not because of me, but because I enjoy working with him. Because yeah. he's just such a, he's got energy. Yeah. And it's contagious. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, I want to work with him more. Yeah, man. He's. Um, so, I'm putting myself in there. Do it, man. Uh, to, 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 to be there with you to do that. Because he's just got this infectious energy. And he's got a, secre- a great support system with his dad. Yeah, he works so hard. Yeah, he, he works does. so hard. Both of them. You know, he and his other his brother just won state this past year as well. Yeah, even yeah. though I mean that's at a rival school where Hicks. <laughs> it is, but I mean, it's okay, uh, man. It's great for the wrestling community. So. Yeah, man, it's all positive. But yeah, it was just so cool just to see him, just uh, just to feel that, and I just knew what he went through. It was really cool as a coach. I've never I've never been on that side of things. I've always been the competitor. It. Uh, I think it's. It's a great balance, and in some ways, it means even more. Yeah, like I've cornered people before. Yeah, but that's not but, the same. But from beginning to the end, like yeah. you've been involved in the whole thing from start to finish. Um, it means more. 
you know, because we know that I think everybody's dream is to leave something after they're gone. Yeah. Um, I think that's important. That's what it's about. Or even, you know, giving back to something that's given to you. Because, you know, um, I always, again, not an original concept, but I always say if it wasn't for, you know, my instructor, I'd have nothing when it comes to jujitsu. Like, I owe everything to him. And I truly, truly believe that. Um, that's not something maybe I would have said as a purple belt. Um, but the longer I've been around the sport, the more I realize, like, my entire perspective He's not solely in, in again, this was a podcast you did with JW, right? Okay. And JW said that, you know, not um and that's one thing I really wanted to do is next time we podcasted, I wanted to be able to reference back to other podcasts you did because there are some great things that I heard people say. Yeah. And I wanted to acknowledge that. And that was one of the best things I heard was JW said that, you know, not one person should be solely responsible for all your jujitsu. And I think that's so true. There's so many different perspectives. There's so many different. There's just the points of view out there, the techniques. Everybody's great at better at something than somebody else. Right. Like maybe you have like a certain detail right. to right. a kimura Period. that right. somebody doesn't have. You know, just no different than you can learn from a white belt because they don't have a large, uh, as large of a, a a pool to pull from, so they look at things differently. It can be wrong. Perspective. But it's not. I don't want to say paradigm again, but it doesn't mean it's always wrong. And even you know shapes, uh, height with whatever I'll play into that yeah so you can learn something from everybody <clears throat> but the basis of my jujitsu would not have existed if it weren't for him the you know the pool I can pull for him so I I can appreciate him for that so there's there's just this <clears throat> when he made that statement that was a huge thing to me and then knowing where I came from is another huge thing and now I'm forgetting what our freaking point was <laughs> Um, I feel like you should always have a notepad because this happens know, fairly often. I know, man. I should be doing this. No, we were just talking about how uh, you know JW made that point that uh, you know you, you, there shouldn't be just one person in your jujitsu. I don't know what you're. I don't. I didn't know where you were going with your point. To be honest with you, um, it was a good one, by the way. I don't know you just wanted to reference back to JW and what he said. Yeah, we're talking about Jackson. We were talking about Jackson, infectious energy. Yeah. Um, how you wanted to work with him more, you wanted him to be around. Oh, so, you know, being a coach. In oh, general, he has multiple coaches. Right. So you, so you want to be able to give back. So you start to realize that this is bigger than you are. Yeah. And, and everybody's dream is to be able to leave something, even if in life, a legacy. Yeah. So to speak. Legacy is so important. I it think is. That's something that not everybody reaches, but I mean, that's, a, I think, I think, I think, think, I think that, um, like that's like that, um, like you transcend mm -hmm. a certain level where it's like it's it's most important what people remember you as. Right, you know, because we're obviously we're not all going to be here. Uh, you know, yeah. heroes never die; legends live forever. Yeah, but you can. I think everybody leaves something. It's just in what capacity. Right. It. You know. Um, How dedicated are you? Sure. To that? I, I. You know. I. I live. My dad lives through me every day. Yeah, he yeah. left a legacy. He left a legacy. So I think it's important to, to do those things, and I think it's important to live up to those things as well. You know, if you respect what somebody's done. Yeah. Obviously, it's different for everybody. But it's to me, it's important because he put in enough work as an individual, as a man, as a, as a husband, as a positive influence, not just my life, but other people's life, that that needs to live on. And, yeah. And it'd be, man, it wouldn't just be ashamed. It'd be... You know, like the it'd be old school basketball where they committed a foul and they had to raise their hand to say that was me, that was my fault. 
if I didn't do that through him. And he raised me to be that way anyway. Yeah. But I think now it, it, it has to increase yeah. with him passing because that legacy – I have, to, I have to step up my game. Bottom line, it. bottom line, I got to step up my game. Period, in all aspects. Because, you know, when my dad was passing, I told him if he was tired, that's fine. I said I got it from here. I said you did your job. Yeah. Um, and it was that means your job was complete. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the way I chose to look at it. I didn't want him to go. It sucked. Uh, understatement. But this is a position we're in. God felt like it was time. And he said, your time's up. You did your job. So I, I, I literally told him, you know, if you're tired, it's okay. I got it from here. Yeah. So I have to live up to that in whatever capacity that is. Right. So every day in my mindset was that anyway, but now it's even more so. Do better. And I think in, in you know, we go with Jackson or we go with the kids class, whatever it may be, my own kids, um, my Sunday school class with adults. It's just put as much into people as you possibly can. Yeah. Because you're not just affecting jujitsu performance, you're affecting lives. It's a ripple effect. It is. And that's all you can create as an individual because none, none of this is eternal. None of us are going to be here. No. Nope. But I guarantee you still have coaches that you think about when oh, you yeah. were in fifth grade, sixth grade that affected everything you do. Oh, yeah. Not just high school. Yeah, I can think of my fifth grade teacher. He left a very lasting impact on me. He was actually the first person to ever introduce the concept of real wrestling. Right. Because um, the school I went to was like in a small town in Potosi, Missouri. And um, at the time, I don't, I don't know if they do today, but at the time they still had a wrestling team in high school, and he was the, he was the wrestling coach. And I'm um, like, I loved like WCW and sure, WWF sure. at that time. And he's like, no, that's fake wrestling. Like, this is real wrestling. So like, that was like the first like introduction to like what wrestling was. Right. And he was like my favorite teacher at the time. So I still think about that guy. Oh, it's huge. Yeah. I, I, you know, I had a, a a guy that was a coach when I was in high school, and I mean one of many that were instrumental. But this is one that was. I'm I'm going to choose to talk about one that was confusing. Because he would tell me uh, to be selective about the people I choose to spend time around. Yeah. And and I say that with because we've all got friends, we've got associates. Mm-hmm. And if he saw me talking to people. In weightlifting classes, which I think is the class I had with him, that he didn't think were worthy, uh, for lack of a better word, to, for me to spend time with doing weightlifting class. <laughs> you know what I mean? For that hour, he would pull me aside and tell me, which was a very confusing thing to me. But I was also young, you know, high school. Um, so I had to kind of, I probably needed to do more work on myself with what he meant than take it at face value because I kind of in my head it was a he thinks I'm better than them and that's not who I am yeah but he probably didn't mean just that he would tell me that you know you're going a different place than these people are going you know you have different expectations for yourself so he was seeing things in me that I didn't even see myself yet yeah which I can appreciate so the older I got the you know the more I understood that but at the same time like I'm I was um prom king and homecoming king oh my god homecoming king sophomore year junior year um prom king myself and the same girl and we stepped down once we made the court our senior year so we didn't win it again because we'd already won it and uh why not let somebody else have the opportunity right you know it you know we had our chance 
and that was great and I'm and I appreciate it. But it's time for somebody else. But I can I, in my heart I honestly only believe I won anything because I was just nice to people. I didn't judge people. So the people he told me to you know, not consider. Yeah. Are people I still did consider, but I still kept it, things in perspective because people are people and there's no reason to be rude to them unless they treat you rude. Right. But I treated people as humans. I talked to them and uh, everybody was worth your time. A certain amount of time. Certain amount of time. Certain amount of time. Yeah. And maybe at That's that time. That's a trick. Yeah, man. And the thing is, it's like, um, it's hard to see like the big picture yeah. at that time. I can think of like being younger. It's the kids that, honestly, like for like I don't know the best way to say it, but like they just don't have much of a future. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, sure. they they're they're really the most attractive people to be around. You know what I mean? Like they're they're exciting, they're fun, they like can't be they're little, cool. That darkness about them. A little bit about them. Like I can think of growing up around like just certain like hood kids who like probably didn't have much of a future, but like they were just there's something very enticing. Like you wanted to be friends with them at a young age. And then you start getting a little bit older and you just kind of see like, they're not really on the same path as you. I mean, is it, I don't, I mean, and I'm not asking you in general, but maybe myself and the universe or everybody who's listening at some point, is it because they were so interesting or is it because we're attracted to things that are wounded? I just I just figured it was just something different. It was just exactly. what, it just was a, it, it's a different perspective. It's just what I wasn't. It's something yeah. So and I think innately I think we want to fix also. So it's I mean it's like you you're attracted to crazy women. Yeah. Which at some point every guy is. There's some of that. But there's also some of just like um like how many kids grow up in like uh like a really nice home? but they're very attracted to like that hood. Mm-hmm. It's just because you want something different, the right? grass right. is greener. Like you don't really have an understanding, but like you go talk to those kids and then be like, why the fuck do you want this? Why are you here? Yeah. Like I want to go to your house. Exactly. Like this is crazy. It's just like you're attracted to the thing that you're not. Mm-hmm. Opposites attract. Sure. Human nature. And back to crazy women. Yeah, yeah. Back to crazy women, man. I can think of definitely a, a couple of different kids that, uh, Growing up, I thought I really wanted to be friends with them. Like in school, I was never really like I was always cool with them. I was always cool with everybody, but um, now like being an adult, I'm just like, yeah, it's probably best I wasn't friends with that person. <clears throat> I'm, yeah. just, I'm just so big on the people that I'm around. Like now, I don't even feel bad. Like I audit the people in my circle. Yeah, you can't All, feel bad about that. I That's fire, okay. I fire people left and right. Like right. you're not making the cut. Sorry, buddy. Canceled. Right. Yeah, it's just especially at this level of the game, it's just like I'm trying to do big things. Right. I was telling Deja today that I um I decided like like I'm just I'm working really hard like towards building this podcast and like building this brand and like just doing my own thing and like I I visualize things and then like when I visualize it it's important to also like not just see it but like feel it and encompass it totally. Sure. So like I was telling I was like, look Deja, when I make it I'm gonna I'm gonna build Jeff City or like the high school, I'm gonna build them a wrestling room. Because like that's where it all started for sure. me. So I get it, that. It makes sense. Yeah. yeah. You know, there's, um, I, I think about, you know, moved a lot growing up in the different sides of life I've seen and, you know, just, which we talked about some of that earlier, but I think about when I first moved to, you know, Chicago or the Chicagoland area and just being exposed to, you know, some crazy things yeah, and, I bet. and, you know, you become friends with people because they're, I think when you're kids, people are just. I don't think you've discovered a path yet of being a bad person necessarily. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? I think you're still kind of lost, but you're figuring it out. You can still be a good dude and do bad things. You know what? Thank you. There it is. That, that's exactly right. Yeah. That, and there it is. And that true as an adult as well. And I remember um, being around crack and going, well, that's not a place I want to be. Right. And being around somebody and then... You know, the guy I was with, I don't even I don't even remember the entire thing, but we ended up somewhere in somebody's garage and somebody was smoking crack. And I'm like, yeah, it's time to go. Yeah. Like, this is not something I want to be around. Um, and I don't even know how I got there, but I knew enough to know that I needed to cancel that person from my life that I ended up there. And they weren't doing it. But no, that's too close. Yeah. And I mean, we're talking... Oh my God, Adam, 20 plus years ago. And I still remember the smell. You never forget it. Never, ever forget it. And there's things in life sometimes that will shake you to the bone and go, uh, absolutely not. Yeah. Like that will, you know, put the fear. And nobody was asking me to do anything, but I knew enough to go, yeah, I'm not, no, I'm not, I'm better than this. And I'm not better than anybody, but I'm better than this situation right here, right, right now. Right. You know, that's so true, man. And you just kind of hope that you pass that off to your, like, what did my, what registered with my, what did my parents do mm-hmm. that made that register with me? Yeah. That I didn't just go, okay, I'll take a hit. Just lead by example. Just leading by example. Crack is not the thing to do. There's a lot of drugs in the world. I think there's a, <laughs> I, I think there's a thing they say crack is whack. Crack is fucking <laughs> crack, whack, Crack dude. is whack, you know. Now, did you see yourself ever being a coach? Um, so I'll say this. I knew that, I don't know, man, I, I had, I remember having a, a coach when I was in ninth grade here in St. Louis before I moved to Chicago, a wrestling coach who, you know, I had a whole lot of matches that would last 30 seconds, 10 seconds, 10, you know, and, uh, well, cause we moved here from Oklahoma. I was in seventh grade, middle of my wrestling season. And I would go up to the high school and wrestle, and I'd beat most of those guys. But in St. Louis, you can't compete on the junior high or middle school team unless it's a club team. You can't do the associated school team, if that makes sense. So I had to be the manager. Really? Yeah, I had to be the manager. (laughs) And uh, so – as the season progressed, I stopped carrying bags, and people would carry their own bags because I could beat all of them. <laughs> <laughs> so it was kind of a unique environment. Um, <laughs> you know, I got told I was a manager, so I carried the bags, but every, but I got to practice every day, and I was happy that I just got to practice. I got to wrestle. Yeah. Um, but there was a difference in Oklahoma wrestling and in St. Louis wrestling or Missouri wrestling, which has come a long way since then. But it was just a difference at the time. Um, but I had a coach who would not allow me to take people down and just pin them. And which truly influenced me and he made me let people back up. So I think even at the high school I graduated from in Chicago, I, you know, I had a record for, you know, most takedowns in a season because I was just at that point, you just started to kind of refine something. Yeah. It's tech fall, everybody. It's tech fall, everybody. Um, so I'll never forget that guy for the lessons that that taught me, you know, like what's, what are you gaining from pinning people in ten seconds? It's you're, too easy. You're really, you're not you're not you're, you're not, not refining better. you're not refining a skill set at yeah. all, at all. That's probably feeding more ego than anything. Mm-hmm. So it, it taught me a great lesson with that. 
So that stuck with me and other coaches that did these amazing things. God, if I even tried to name all of them, it, it, I'd be insulting them because I forget so many of them that did so many great things. So thank you to all of you who are probably not listening at all. They might be. I got a lot of fucking you. listeners, Tracy. Oh, that's not, that's not, a, that's not, <laughs> trust me, that's more about me and not you. Uh, I'm, just, I'm just not that interesting. Your podcast is great. You're but, super interesting. Um, but I knew the day that I started jujitsu, the, the day that I walked in, I knew I'd do it for the rest of my life. And I knew I would probably have an academy and that would teach the rest of my life. Yeah. But to say that I think I'd ever be a coach, I don't know if I thought about it that way. I just knew that I would have an academy and I would teach. And I know that's the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. But I, I just didn't think of it that way. I just way. didn't think of it that way. I didn't give myself mm-hmm. that kind of credit because, again, who am I to garner that? I just knew that I would do that the rest of my life. Yeah. And And for me to do that the rest of my life, I would have to have a school and I would have to teach, but I just didn't, you know what I mean? Yeah, it didn't quite register. didn't quite register in that regard. It just had to be a part of who I was Yeah. every day. That makes sense. That makes sense. I never saw myself as a coach. That's why I was asking. But, but you're I, a good coach. I feel like I've just totally encompassed this like this role. And accepted it. You're a good yeah, coach. I've, I've tried. Uh, I, I tell you what, I, you know. But I, I've had good coaches like you to help me man, along I, the way. I appreciate that, but I could not do anything that I do without – have amazing people around me, you know, obviously you being one of them, um, you know, got Justin, Jeremy, Jake, um, I wish Chris would come back. Yeah, I know. He's such a patient, nice guy, but you know, uh, one of the, so let me, let's take a step or back. Rich. Though. Or Rich. Yeah, man. I don't, oh don't want to forget names. <laughs> I, I, please, I, no, I give you the look. Like, oh, yeah, man. no, Rich was great. They're all great. We've but had he, so many great yeah. coaches. And what I really appreciate about the crew is that every, you know, it's not necessary to have a kid involved in a program, but what I appreciate about it is, and I, I want, you know, uh, to have a mother step up and be involved. And I've asked, but I think we have an aunt coming. She's gonna. Who is is that? Madeline's aunt. It's Madeline's aunt. And I asked her to be. I part thought that of was her her mom. It's her aunt. Okay. And I asked her Thursday. I need to ask her her name. I'm not the. I'm not the. I'm a little rude Megan. sometimes. Aunt Megan. Okay. I'm or, just gonna, I'm just gonna introduce myself next time. Yeah. Or you can call her Aunt Bacon because I believe when Madeline was a kid she couldn't say Megan so she just started calling her Bacon. Bacon. <laughs> it's so, Bacon. Aunt Bacon. <clears throat> but I asked her to be part and because I think it's important for. I mean, the obvious choice is for the young women to see that they're capable and that this is what's possible and you can be in a role of empowerment. But I think it's also just as important for the for the young men to see a woman empowered. Yeah. So I really want her there in the forefront, and, you know, to kind of lead that charge in, in jiu-jitsu. And whether it doesn't matter what belt she's wearing, the fact that she's out there in the front she's line. She's just there. She's an adult. Yeah, she's an adult. She's a woman. I think it's important for her to be there. I think it's that's huge. Yeah. Um. But, you know, I, th- I think it's great that everybody in there has a, has a, has skin in the game. Yeah. They have a kid in the program. And more importantly than them passing on, you know, jujitsu or whatever, the biggest thing to me is that this is something in your life that you guys will always share and something you'll never get back. So for me, when I'm gone, I, and I always think about this with, uh, my mom and her siblings and, and, and their father, you know, because I hear them tell stories, you know, and I remember sitting on my, my grandfather's lap and, and you know, in and, and your very childlike way saying, hey, tell me a story about when you were younger. And him telling me story after story, which greatly influenced me in wanting to live. I mean, he was in the Navy and the Marines and, 
And, I mean, just all the things that he did, like, man, I got to live. I only get one shot. And I literally remember being a kid and thinking, I only get one shot at this. I have to live it completely. So one day, I can have a kid sit on my lap and I can tell stories or so I can be on the, you know, we're all going to be in a deathbed one day. Yeah. And, and the stories at the uh, the wake or the funeral or in the hospital room or, you know, do you remember when this happened or that happened? And and because it's all you got. Yeah. You know? all you got those stories so I, I i love the fact that we've created an environment where you know way after you're gone your two children are going to sit back remember when we used to we used to train jiu-jitsu with dad and and my three kids that do that you know even if they stop they'll be that'll be that memory that one day they'll have that they'll have that thing that they shared during those x amount of years yeah that, that nobody can ever take away from them and they'll have that shared experience um, and that's what it's about to me. That's why I love having every coach I have in there um, that selflessly spends that time with not just their kid but other kids, that they'll be remembered eternally through those other kids, and they won't even know it. That's the thing is, Adam, you're going to have kids think about you. You won't ever even know it. That's so true. And that's that's amazing. Like, yeah. You're not even going to know you influence this person to the point that they're going to be telling stories about you in 30 years. Yeah, man. Being a coach and an educator is just uh, it's one of the most important jobs oh, yeah. and roles yeah. you can ever have. I, uh, I think about that all the time, man. Like, I can think of uh, coaches that I had, like, in karate class as a kid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, so, so when you're a kid and you in it doesn't even matter, like, what, like, where the adult is in life because you don't know. You just know that it's an adult and they're teaching you some things. Right, right. And you, you don't really have the BS meter, but that's what's great about kids is because you do. Like, you don't know if they're not paying their bills on time. You don't know that they're just shitty in a relationship. Right. But you know during this time frame on these days that that person is everything, and they probably are. Yeah. Because you read through that as a kid, and they probably, you know what I mean? You just, kids have this innate ability to see right through people to the deepest parts of their soul and know, okay, this person's good. Yeah. And that's what matters. Period. Is that's that true. moment right there when that person does. And then you can go back to being the piece of shit that you are. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. You know. But, you can, but I don't think most pieces of shit are doing that. No, I it, it, I agree. But it no, happens. I get you. I mean, we're yeah. all, I mean, you might not be a perfect person by any means. No, any again, yeah. part of my charm. That just might be where you're, like, that might be where you're best is when you're yeah. coaching. Yeah, and that might be where you choose to chart, start changing things and that's your redeeming quality. The things yeah. that you're trying to change about yourself. So. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah, I, I never saw myself coaching ever i guess because like when you're an athlete it's all about you mm -hmm. right and it's just like when do you ever see yourself not worrying about yourself yeah, i only started coaching kids class because of my kids ditto because we had a guy um running the program who didn't get his blue belt from us who wasn't necessarily part of didn't do things the way we did them. how did that even happen i don't, it, I don't know it is what it is there was probably a need and it happened and that's okay yeah that's okay yeah he was a nice guy yeah and um, I kind of just, I would sit on the side with the rest of the parents. I don't even think the other parents knew I trained. And then one day I showed up on the mat and they're like, what are you doing? <laughs> and where'd that belt come from? You know? Yeah. Um, was it purple at the time? I was, was it brown yet? It might have been brown. Close might, to it. Yeah. I don't, yeah. It might have been purple. I don't even remember. It was purple or brown. Um, but, you know, they had no, they had no clue. And then. I just didn't want them learning the wrong things. Yeah. And that's how I kind of got involved. And, 
you know, one of the best decisions I ever made. But I did not want to get labeled. I, I could care less now because that was my own ego getting away. I didn't want to just be labeled a kids coach. Yeah. But I, I but I, but what I had promised myself and what I'm true to is I teach, I teach the kids the same level of jujitsu as I teach the adults. And the thing that's beautiful about it is I think most of the kids are more technical than most of the adults. Yeah, that's what I think about all the time because like I never really had the issue of like being labeled as just a uh, as a kids coach. Mm-hmm. But um, whenever like I I think about it or if I ever say, like explain it, but they're learning the exact. I they are. I look at them as I mean they're learning the same jujitsu whether it's an adult or it's a kid like it's the same jujitsu. It is. I mean, can you? Is there a class that can you look at the kids or the branded jiu-jitsu I teach compared to let's say some of the white belts or blue or purple belts even that we have and go are they learning the same stuff or are they are they even as refined as some of the kids? Absolutely not because in the I mean I've been I've been helping you teach this kids class now for two years and uh, fuck I guess almost two and a half years really coming up on it two years for sure though but like my jujitsu game has elevated immensely i sounds like i take three fucking uh technique classes with you a week so it's like uh no it's 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 probably better than what some of the adults are, lo- are like learning yeah and i think you know again it, it doesn't go back to i won't feed my ego and say because i'm greater because i'm this i'm just it's consistency it's consistent consistency it's it's consistent it's um there's a lot of detail there um your style of teaching is definitely a little bit different than some other people's style and we can only teach from like our own style mm-hmm. of jujitsu essentially but uh our own perspective but man it's just very thorough and it's it's elevated my game immensely so i know these kids are just getting better and better right you know I don't know if anything I do is better or worse. I'm just there with those people three days a week. Yeah, but you also teach adults. Yeah, sure. So I'll get to that. But if if you – so back to uh, JW, you know, not one person should be solely responsible. At the same time, in that same breath, if you are exposed to – there can be issues with if you don't have a consistent instructor. Yeah, if so you're getting too many voices. If you're getting many. too many voices. So if you can get that one main voice and then supplement, I think that's a huge thing. That's the best way. And I think that, that I think that that's a, a huge thing that they're getting that even if it's not my voice, if I can't make it because I've got a family and I've got responsibilities and it's you teaching or it's whoever teaching. Yeah. Um Everybody and I mean, in a lot of ways, it's still a business, and in it, everybody knows I'd prefer things be done in a certain way, and I hope in some ways I've influenced your jujitsu. One hundred percent. So even if you're teaching something in your style, it's also going to be from a perspective that might involve me. Yeah, it's still going to reflect it's, your in, jujitsu in some capacity. One hundred percent. Even though it's not, even though because it's, it's my class, you 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 know most people are going to go, oh, let me teach it something the way he'd want it to be done. But even if you put your own individual spin, you're going to go, your spin is going to be affected in some way, whether we like it or not. Yeah. All of us are going to be affected in that way by any by somebody that we spend that amount of time with. So it's still going to have that person's spin on it, and I think that's important. You know, it's back to the inspect what you expect. And like that day you taught my Sunday class with adults. You yeah. Know, I think my job as a professor is also to go inspect what you expect. And I have expectations for Adam. 
And I think he's great. I think he's ready for a brown belt. And I think part of the difference between browns and blacks is not just timing, but it's the ability to, uh, to pass that information on, disseminate that information. Yeah. And you should inspect that. Yeah. And how it's communicated. So I was really hoping, like, God, I really hope he doesn't think I'm just standing over his shoulder. I took it exactly the way you meant it. Good. Because really it was did. from the heart, as yeah. in this is, this is part of my job, and my job is to go, hey – Let's, you know, it, man, it, sometimes people take it too serious and sometimes they don't take it serious enough. Yeah. Because as long as, again, it comes from the heart, it comes from love, it just is what it is. Yeah, I just really looked at it as, um, like, you're really taking ownership of my development. And, yeah, and that's exactly what it was. And you just wanted just to see how I was teaching and help where you can. Right. I just wanted to be part. That's it. And, and sometimes uh, people can take that the wrong way. But when something comes from love and people know that you're, what your intentions are and that you're invested in them. That's yeah, it, and I'm so used to being coached that I mean I enjoy being coached. Yeah. Like I want to be told like what am I doing wrong? How can I do it better? Like, but not everybody takes that in the right way. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's some just people think it's just critical, but I guess it involves the people, the players that are involved though too. Yeah, you know? well, I'm probably harder on myself than anybody else can ever be. Like in the beginning, like whenever I was younger, for sure. Like I can I can think of like my wrestling coach. He said to me like um, he like he's like you. Sh- you shouldn't have a problem with me, like, essentially just, I'm paraphrasing, but, like, being on your ass, essentially. Like, you should worry whenever I stop talking to you because mm-hmm. that means I don't care anymore. 100%. So, like, in the whenever I was younger and I was like, oh, man, I'm fucking, like, me and my partner, like, we were the two best on the team. We're fucking killing it. And I'm just like, we're winning all these tournaments. We're doing all this. I'm like, why are you still on my ass, man? Like, we're the two best here. Like, why are you on us? But then in hindsight, like I look at it, it's like he just he just wanted more out of us. Right, development. Yeah, yeah. and it's you're easy, capable. It's easy to get complacent and to feel like you're the shit. And um, and now like I'm like the complete opposite. Like I feel like I'm never doing enough, or I'm never <laughs> I'm never good enough. It's like I'm not doing enough. I need to do more. Right, I need to get better. So, but if you hadn't had that foundation set, exactly, like it changed the way I think about it. So like whenever I have somebody who like. Like, you know, when you when you take ownership and, like, you're like, I really want to invest in this relationship and, like, in this development, like, I really appreciate that and I take it for, like, what it truly is. Yeah. And I'm glad you took it that way. And you, you probably voiced it ten times better than I could have. Because <laughs> I just constantly look at it like, man, I hope this person's taking this from the right way because it comes from the heart and I just, I'm trying to be there for them. And again, not that those things weren't ever done for me. They, they, they were. But I always look at things from a perspective of, you know, maybe you. Know, I'm, I'm appreciative of everything my parents did. My dad could not be there for all the sporting events because he was trying to support us financially. Right. Just running a company. Sure. I wish he was there more in some things. I mean, I'm, I'm at state state tournament where your parents said, no, my dad's working. You know, yeah. I got to eat. Yeah. They can't make it. But other parents are going, so you're at state again and your parents aren't here? I'm like, you know. But you have to understand situations and coming from nothing. You just get used to it. To something. Um, there's just those things. And also, you know, whatever mistakes I made in jujitsu, you know, when I teach my Sunday class, I want to cut that time in half and people learn from my mistakes. So it takes you less time than it took me. So I try to take into account all the things I learned in my personal life, the things I learned in jujitsu, and then invest those in other people. Not that anything was wrong and not that anything was right, but take the good and bad of it, even with my kids. You know, every time I have to have a conversation about something that you did that was ignorant or stupid, <laughs> I follow it with, I love you. 
That's a good. That's a good move. Because that wasn't something I don't think I really heard from my dad until I was in college, and I think I, I'm sure he said it. I'm certain he said it. But the older I got, the more I realized I didn't hear it that much. Mm-hmm. But I also know that's because of you know how things were for him growing up, and again, they're human and they're flawed. And the more I realized that, the more I realized. I, you know, I should tell this guy I love him because he's not going to be around forever. And, yeah. and that way he'd also know it was okay to say it too. Yeah. And I started doing that when I was in college. And uh, and then, you know, up until he passed, I was still, he would say it to me all the time. You know, and at first there was a stutter, like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> then, then he started saying it. But I think, you know, I, I, tell, I tell, man, Justin tells me he loves me every time I talk to him. And I tell him that too. Yeah. I told a ton of people that because I care about him. And, and in case you're not here tomorrow, then I'm not going to be the asshole. Yeah, I'm trying to get better at that, just telling people I love them. Yeah. And I don't think between guys it's got to be this. It's not to be weird. It doesn't have to be. Love is not a weird thing. That's the uh, thing. For some reason, people uh, make it weird. But it's just like, it's just this natural affinity of caring about people. Literally, it's something that comes to the heart. Like, I care about your opinion. I care about your uh, where you're at in life and what's going on with you. When you pick up the phone, well, we don't really do that anymore. We text yeah. people. But when you text people just to be like, uh, you text me and say, hey, you know, what are you doing tonight? What's yeah. going on? Have some drinks? Maybe we podcast. I mean, that's checking on somebody. How are you doing? Yeah. We just do things differently as men. We don't go, some, hey, just. Hey, bro, you all right? Everything yeah, 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 you <laughs> know. Just... You throw a bro in there <laughs> or bruh, you know, and that, when you say bro or bruh, that's just, that's love right there. Yeah. You're just, you're saying it in a different way. Um, but that's the exact same thing. You're still just checking on somebody, you know. I, I, you know, because I did move so much growing up, I try to send texts to friends and just say, hey, just thinking about you, is everything good? Yeah. You know, because there's times where, like, we picked up and left and we were gone. Right. Like, the next day. Mm-hmm. So, in my head, I was always like, well, you know, that I equate it now to if I happen to drive through uh, a Starbucks and get a coffee, you know, I may not see that person again. Yeah. And then you wonder, whatever happened to that person? Because you just may not ever see them again. And, like, you don't know if they passed. You don't know if they got a different job. They don't know if that happened to me. And just all of a sudden, you're not there because... You know, when I was a kid, it's because I moved. Yeah. And you never know what's going on in that person's life. So I try to reach out to people and just say, hey, in my own little way, think about you, hope all is well, and just leave it at that. Yeah. It's so funny you say that because I was just thinking about this the other day, how I have this real tendency to, um, or at least I used to, like to not develop relationships because I feel like I still do, like feel like everything's temporary. And then like I always just felt like people won't remember me. Like I'm just like oh it doesn't matter like they won't remember me like it like yeah, like I I'm mean, just this, this forgettable face or this forgettable like know. I'm not leaving any impressions like <clears throat> nothing matters because they won't remember anyway. I think you're not only shooting yourself short but even more so the other person. Yeah, yeah, I've totally changed the way I think about yeah. that right now because like I it's very important for me to develop and and uh, like nurture relationships right. and I just I realize and and now like instead of thinking. Oh well, it doesn't matter because they they won't remember me, which I've found is often not the case. Like now, I just want to do everything to make sure that they do remember me. Like I want to leave like a lasting yeah. impact to where it's like, man, that was just such a good dude. Like, as long as it's from the heart, it's sure, just a course. positive, just a positive memory. So I'm gonna go to the bathroom, but. I have a question for you when I get back. Okay. So keep talking about the positive attitude. I'm going to keep talking, dude. I'm actually getting better at just talking when people are gone. Um, I'm just going to keep it rolling, man. So, uh...
No filler. Yeah, dude. So po- positivity is so important, fellas, guys, girls, everybody listening. Um, I'm really glad we're actually going down this path right now talking about um, who's around you, auditing the people in your life, uh, just, you know, the, the influence that you're leaving on people because, uh, you know, you know, I've uh, I've always kind of just, like I was saying, like I've just grown up and I was just thinking that uh, it doesn't fucking matter, man. Like I have these interactions with people and, I'm you know, I meet these people, but I always just felt like, you know, you can kind of like go in the corner and hide and uh, like they don't see you and they, they won't remember you. Like you're just not important. It's just not a very lasting, like impactful um, encounter for them. And they're not going to remember you. So, like, I would always, like, feed on that. It's like, all right, it doesn't fucking matter. Like, whether this is just, like, me checking out at Walmart or I don't even shop at Walmart anymore. But, you know, at the store or if it's just, uh, you know, a, a classmate that I had in college or in high school or something or just any just random stranger. I was just like, man, they're not going to remember me. But I realized that... uh people do remember you and, and you don't know what somebody's going to remember. And it's very important just to be positive and just leave a lasting impact. So it's just something that I've just always been thinking about as of, as of when I always, just something I've really been thinking about as of late. And, uh, it's something that, uh, you know, you just, you just grow from, and you've actually helped me with that because, uh, I haven't always been good at relationships and I probably would say like the last, like two or three years it's been something that um i've really like cultivated and like developed and become better at one thing i will always do that i'm guilty of is is and you may hate me for it but i'll push people outside the comfort zone yeah i'll, I'll always just push <laughs> you push. like making other people uncomfortable <laughs> I, I love that <laughs> because i think it's important yeah it is it's yeah. it's the most important because the we all want to take the path of least resistance mm-hmm. but that's not where growth happens it's not ever and um but i only do it to i honestly only do it to people that i believe are capable of more yeah if i think that you're i mean everybody's capable of more so that, that's not a completely accurate statement but when I know people have expectations for themselves, yeah. But they're not necessary. But they sometimes find excuses and reasons not to. Those are the people that I'll push. Yeah. Outside their comfort zone. Um. And I don't know if people hate me for it, and sometimes I think they do. But maybe in the moment. But yeah. But I'll just keep chipping away, and I don't care. Yeah. To be honest, I'll just keep doing it, and I think it's important. And um. You know, like I'll be honest, I'll tell you this. I've kicked myself for not developing a relationship with you sooner. Yeah, we talked about this. Yeah. Um, but sometimes you're just not, sometimes life just doesn't allow for that. Yeah. I was it's, talking to Justin situ- about It can be that. situational. Yeah. You know? I was talking to Justin about that the other day because um, he was saying something like, uh, like there was a period where like you weren't really around St. Charles very much. Mm-hmm. And um, I was like, yeah, that's like kind of like right when I started because – um, whenever I came in, like you were out, like running, you know, out, in, out, uh, running Rhino Fitness out, sure. out in Winsville. Right. And then, um, I guess there's probably like a period there, like after that to where like you just weren't really around the gym and uh, like I moved away for a year and I came back, but you weren't really around the gym a whole bunch. And then I remember probably at Rodrigo's more at that yeah. point. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember one time you came in and, uh, we sparred. 
I don't know if you remember this, but it was like the only time that we sparred. And it was right before you were training for a fight. And we, we've talked about it since. I yeah, think you yeah, had yeah. like shoulder surgery shortly yeah, after. Yeah. Like your shoulder was all fucked up. Yeah. I tore my labrum in three places and then my, my bicep tendon was unattached. And I had literally ripped my entire quad apart. Yeah. So I was hurting. Yeah. And, and literally still trying. And, and I was supposed to, after that fight. I knew I had to get through that one because I was I had a contract on the table with Showtime to fight with um, M M one M one yeah M one yeah that was a good organization back yeah. in the day and I are they based in Canada are they a Canadian organization I think they were yeah it was it was, or Russian <laughs> I was maybe weird. Russian there were some crazy things going on with M one but yeah I remember doing that and I remember just like having probably having zero business. Yeah. Being sparring or training with the condition my body was in. Yeah. I just remember telling Justin, I was like, yeah, like that was like the first time like I really like interacted with you, like for real, for real. And um, I was just like in the height of like, like I'm the shit mode. Yeah. Because <laughs> like I, I was, because yeah. like I was training like, and this was at, um, this was at the Cave Springs yeah, gym. Yeah. And then I was like, um, so I, I don't think I gave you the respect that you deserved at that time. Who, I mean, who was I? You know what I mean? Well, I didn't really know you, and I just remember that sparring encounter, and like it wasn't like, um, like it, like you didn't beat my ass. Right, probably not. And, Pro- yeah. But then we talked about it, and then it made sense. I was like, all right, well, you're hurt, and then like now I know you, and like I know like the athlete that you are. Right, I, I get that. But, you know, also, that's not take away from you also being good either. Yeah, well, my only point was, like, there was just, like, this whole period of just, like, life happening to where, like, you were, like, running your own gym, and then, like, you had Rigo's, and, like, I had that one encounter with you, and then, like, it just never really lined up. kind of the perfect storm of things happening and... and Just life and circumstances. Man, and and, and to that point, I know there's a, a... I don't think I ever come off like I'm an ass, but I think there's a lot of people who think I'm an ass. Really? I, I truly wholeheartedly believe that. But partly probably because I have a, 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 a uh, I can be sarcastic, but it's only out of love. Yeah. And it's, but I'll, but I'm also very self-effacing though too. Yeah. So I'll make fun of me just as much as I will anybody else. And contrary to most people's belief, I don't take myself that completely serious but I also don't really care. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, you know, and I think sometimes people confuse that. People confuse when you don't talk to them for you thinking that you're better than them or, and that's just not the case. I love everybody. Yeah. Well, you're also an alpha, right? And when you're super secure with yourself, like you don't feel the need to necessarily talk to people. Like you're comfortable in the situation. Yeah. Just and, com- yeah. And when an alpha sees an alpha, it's like there's a little bit of like a competitive thing there. I don't know. Like that doesn't bother me. I don't mind seeing another alpha. Like not I, like I, you, but I think I think I'm attracted to alphas because I like them too. But there's still like this this yeah, energy there. There could only be one. <laughs> Some Highlander type stuff going on, right? Um, I think more so like just um like in the meeting. Like once in like oh, once you're sizing like, each other up, yeah, doing your Jason Bourne. That's it, that's, right? But like right, once yeah, you start yeah. to get to know those people, because I yeah. think of like like EJ for example. Mm-hmm. So like when EJ and I first met, I can even think of like being at the very first gym. We probably didn't talk for like the th- for like a week. Okay, I get that. We trained like yeah. we were around each other. There's even times where like we were like both there early 
but we didn't even talk. Didn't say anything. Yeah. There's no talking. It's like there's like this vibe. I hear you. No, I get you. But no. then you get past yeah, it. And you get to thing. know them, and yeah. it's just like, oh, we're brothers. Yeah. Well, think about this though. Think about. Um, I'm talking to my mom about this the other day, <laughs> and we were talking about T-shirts. Like, I really need to clean my closet. <laughs> And it's a huge closet, and I have so many T-shirts, um, and I refuse to get rid of any jujitsu-related T-shirts, whether they be from tournaments or whether they be like a random T-shirt, like a sponsor gave me, Better because me. because of memories. Yeah, and and you shouldn't let the things you own own you. To quote Fight Club again. Yeah, the things you own and own yeah. you. But there's also like. Um, because I don't take myself that seriously. And sometimes I don't realize how long I've been in this until you and I talk. Yeah. And then we have these conversations. And then I go, oh, my God. I, you know, like I pulled out a picture from Facebook a couple of weeks ago um, of when Hickson was one or two. My son, not Hickson Gracie. Uh, I don't know if he was ever one or two. I think he was born a jiu-jitsu phenom adult. Yeah, he was born the way he is. <laughs> right. right in Just his, shorter. Right in, and, his, right in his coral belt. Right. And, uh, <laughs> and with a white gi. Yeah. <laughs> and um, we were with um, Helson at the Arnold's in Ohio, at Helson's uh, U.S. Nationals, and Helson Gracie and Luis Pajares, who's another you know big name in the sport, and, and Helson's obviously huge. And I'm thinking, and I was, my mom and I were talking about, it was really this whole conversation came because I was just thinking, I saw the shirt, that uh, bright yellow shirt they were wearing, and it was right before I was supposed to be on the Ultimate Fighter TV show, and I had Hickson with me, and Helson's walking around this tournament with, holding, like, my kid, mm-hmm. um, like it's his own, um, but that was just the environment, and I forget, like, I forget, like, how long I've, and compared to a lot of people I haven't been around long at all. I mean, at all. Yeah, but you were you were within that first wave. No, man, I was not. I was in second like wave. Th- maybe three and a half, third and a half. I don't know, man. I don't but know if maybe it was that, that deep. I don't know. I, I don't I, know if it was that deep, man. Because I would almost say like I was in like the third wave. I don't. But you're in the third wave of St. Charles, MMA. No, I was not in the third wave of St. Charles well, MMA. I was probably yeah, in like the true. first or second wave of St. Charles MMA. Well, you know. The, the the point was is that we're talking about alpha males. I'm thinking think about the environment I was in. Yeah. With those alpha males mm-hmm. that were all which is a perfect storm of craziness where you've got a bunch of wrestlers who were all fighters who were all also jujitsu guys. A hundred percent deep in all aspects of all of those. Yeah. That's not common. That's mm-hmm. very unrare for for these guys to all be Absolute wrestlers, high-level wrestlers, all MMA guys, but all also jujitsu guys. Those yeah. things don't all gel right. together at all. And it was just this crazy environment where I don't think that can really exist at too many places. And that's a room for the alpha males, mm-hmm. completely. And it was nerdy, and it was nasty, and it was mean. It was great and phenomenal all at the same time. It was it was this beautiful place for things just to develop in. And we all got along. And it was just with, uh, you know, Steve Mankey, for those that don't know, is one of the other black belt we have. And, man, Steve's got like six or seven other black belts and other arts. And when I started, Steve was a blue belt in jiu-jitsu. And as he says it, I walked in day one into the inner sanctum. But I think it was all just because we're all relatively the same age, same background with, with sports. And 
um, it was just more of a kindred thing, more yeah. than it was probably something that I deserved, to be honest. Um, but literally the day that I walked into school, it looked like wrestling, but guys had geese on, and I would hear like a yelp and a tap every now and then. I'm like, oh, I'm home. <laughs> and I literally knew it. Yeah. I literally knew it. And then I think we, we Steve Berger, who I know you're trying to have on. Yeah, I'll definitely sit down soon. with Steve. Steve invited me out that night. He was rolling with uh, Brian Guidry, who you also have to have on. And, yeah. And Brian, uh, they invited me out, and we, we met out that night and uh, met Rodrigo and everybody else, you know, Mike Rogers and Hal Goodman, Todd Fox, all the other black belts, the guys that are black belts now, and uh, the original group of guys. And that was it. I never looked back. Um, and that was like my brotherhood for the last 15 years at this point, maybe. It's family. Um, but I forget, I mean, those guys saw way more than I ever saw and they were in it before me, but I forget how long I've been in the thing. And it was because of a t-shirt and because of, you know, I was looking, thinking about the t-shirts in my closet and I need to get rid of these t-shirts, but those are the reasons I can't because each one's represents like this memory of what felt like this old school jujitsu society, wild days. So again, referencing shows you've done. The Wild Days of MMA, or mm -hmm. was that with Mike? I forget what that episode was called, but it was... Oh, yeah, I call it the Wild West. Yeah, the Wild, Wild West. Wild West of MMA. And it's true. <laughs> it, and he, he's seen way more than I've seen. Crazy shit. But just even in my time, it was freaking nuts. We'd walk in tournaments, and it would be like, you know, people would see the patch on the back of your gi, and it was like a, a gang just walked in, and people would just start turning the other way, like, don't look at him in the eyes. <laughs> we don't want those problems. We don't know what they're going to do. Uh, I mean, fights would break out at tournaments. Uh, every Brazilian that was in a tournament knew Rodrigo, and, and you know, they knew he took a break. From, he was he was the, he's the playground legend. Yeah, he really is. He truly in is. the whole city, it, in the in the world. In the he's a world champion in the world at he, black belt. Yeah, but it's so much deeper than that. At like the when, taught at the original Gracie Academy. Exactly. Like at, there, knows there you go. knows all of those. He's he's. He's a part of the royal the family. And that, that's the thing is that people in St. Louis don't always realize, or even some of the newer students, even on a team, don't realize this. He's absolute royalty. But the thing that the great players of jiu-jitsu and those with legacy realize is they know who he is. Yeah. He just didn't compete all the time in the end because he took a job in, in, the, in, the, in the finance world or, in, you know, uh, in stocks and everything, and then came back to the sport. But... They all knew. Like, they knew that's that dude. Mm -hmm. That's the, the boogeyman. What did John Wick call that dude? Baba Yoy or something. I don't know. Baba Yaya in remember. Russian. Mm. Uh, that's He's the boogeyman. Yeah. He's truly the boogeyman. When did he win Worlds of Black Belt? It's God. probably like, it's been a little bit now, probably like six years ago. Yeah, I was going to say about seven, but there's nothing more. Um, man, you, you know, it's not even humiliating. I don't feel humiliated when he beats me. I just feel like I'm a child. <laughs> you know, I've never watched him roll. It's, uh, you know, he's it's just nice level. He's just, he's just good, man. So <laughs> maybe that's another reason I don't take myself that seriously. Because you know, if if I'm if I'm decent at all, you know, but I'm sure everybody feels that way about their master, right? I'm sure. Um, but he has accolades to prove it. He, he does. He does. Truly, he does. Every every legitimate black belt. Okay, I take that back because that would be me patting myself on the back and assuming I'm legitimate. But every black belt probably feels that way about their instructor if their instructor's legitimate. 
That's a good way to put it. Yeah, and that's what I meant to say. But I think, like, uh, we can probably both agree that Tom the Blast is probably a legitimate black belt. Pretty fucking legit. He is. Um, and, you know. He's been working with Gordon Ryan since he was, like, 15. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> so let's just say that, you know, he goes and, and he goes over to Henzo's or something and he decides to roll with Henzo. I mean, he might feel that Henzo's kind of, like, you know, decent. I would assume so. I mean, that kind of puts things in perspective a little bit. Oh, man, Henzo's that deal, man. He has an infectious smile. He does. And, and you know, and again, so to be clear, I, I don't believe he even got his black belt from Henzo. Um, but he's in the in the family. So I shouldn't say even. He, from very legitimate people that got black belts from Henzo. Um, but, Yeah. Let's go to Henzo. Oh, my God. You know, I always kind of said, if something happened to Rodrigo, where would I go? Like, who would I pledge, you know, be Henzo? Ple- pledge allegiance to? You know, because you don't want to be your own. And, um, you don't? You no. sure? I, I don't. Is that a bad thing? I mean, I, 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 yeah. I kind of like the Ronin life. Well, for me, no. For me, it is. Because I, I think, I, for, to me, the thing that's not appealing about that is um, – not, I think you're in charge. I'm in charge of my own learning. Yeah. You know, but I think that you need to have a place to go as well to continue that learning. Yeah. And it's nice to have a home base. Of sure. The master. Sure. It, it's like, it's, I don't think it's any different than, I mean, I've lost one parent. What happens when you lose two? And this happened to a lot of people. You probably just feel a little orphaned, you know, like. Yeah. Where's home? Where do you belong? Where do you go for direction? And you know, you you never you should never stop learning. Learning truly, and you said this one time, learning just begins. Yeah. When you hit a black belt, it really does, man. It, the journey just begun. Yeah, and I and I've learned that completely, and I've begun to understand that. So I think it's important to always kind of have a master. Yeah. You know, um, and as a black man saying master, you know, yeah, that carries weight. Yeah, it keeps you in check though. But it, I, I it look does. at it from the martial art. I always think of like uh, like Asian culture, like master, sure, exactly, like yeah. samurai. Exactly, and I do, and that's that's where I'm coming from with it. But that's the power and credence I'm giving that phrase because as a black man, if I can say a word like that without even hesitating, right? It means it, I give it even more power because that's what he means to me as an instructor and as a facilitator and somebody that gives direction. Um, well, you call him your jujitsu father. I, I mean, do. I call him. Yeah. Father's a yeah. strong word. It, it is, and I, and I mean it when I call him my jujitsu father. It's like he birthed your. He did. If jujitsu without for him, I wouldn't have any of it. Literally, yeah. I'd have none of it. I'd have no gift to give. Yeah. At all, for one of the greatest things in life that I know. That's um, truly powerful. So, you know, I, I, I would I wouldn't want to be a, a Ronin because you know, and it, where do you, where's home base? But anyway, where would I go? So yeah, I, none. I used to always say, you know, it'd be solo because you get two for the price of one. What do you mean by that? Sanji. Oh, Sanji. Solo and Sanji. Yeah. And and I think they have a very similar style to Rodrigo. It's just that uh, solo is just smaller. It all came from the same place, you know, with Hickson um, and, and family. But, um, you know, and he's amazing. I love solo. I love Sanji. Great people. Good relationships. Yeah, super nice. But man, Salo was just that world's just taking pictures of everybody. Oh man, he's phenomenal. But, but when you spend two minutes around Henzo, yeah, you just infectious, and you fall in love, and and it's worth the price of admission to go to any seminar just just to be in the presence to hear the stories. Yeah, when do you think we'll have another big seminar? 
It's been a little bit, right? Not I mean, soon enough. I mean, Henzo was here three years ago. Yeah, not soon enough. Um, who would you like to come in? Ah, man, I feel like we had the two biggest. We had we had Hickson, and then we had mm-hmm. Henzo come in. I would like to have we've one. Had, we've had Andre Gaval. That was pretty cool. Yeah, having Andre in. Andre. And one t- we've had we've had Solo a couple times. I'd like to get Hickson back in here. Yeah, and when Solo came the first time. The thing that was great about that is that my boss at the time trained jujitsu in Dallas, and I called him and said, "Hey, Sal's in town." He goes, "What are you doing at work?" And <laughs> I was like, "Exactly." He's yeah. like, so "He's like, bye. Just call me. Tell me what you learned." Yeah. And I think I took the week off and just trained with Hadrigo and Salo. Nice. You know, which was which which was amazing. You have to. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but we talked earlier about Gordon Ryan coming to yeah, Springfield. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think that's who away. I'd like to have here but at this point. Yeah, And, you know, a guy I competed with my first year. Or Tom DeBlast. Cool. Yeah, that'd be great, too. Uh, Scott Michael Zanga owns, you know, BGJ Fanatics, a co-owner there. And I competed against him my first year as a black belt. And, um, you know, he's done, you know, some videos with with Gordon he says that he is you know because the the social media aspect of that you know he's a cocky people don't like that but he's just selling man he's just it's his PR I bet he's super respectful dude I heard he's amazing I heard he's so nice I bet he's just so fucking he just talks that shit man to sell tickets that's it that's it that's it he's Conor McGregor of the Jiu Jitsu world it's Eddie Bravo but he backs it up it's Eddie Bravo it's it's do you really think that Eddie Bravo thinks the gi is absolutely antiquated. The guy's got a black belt in the gi from Jean-Jacques Machado. It's as legitimate as it gets. He knows what the deal is, yeah, man. But it's marketing. Yeah. It's marketing. Hey, I'm going to rename this position, which I think is great. He was so smart with what he did. He oh, created a whole system, put all these crazy names to it, calling things zombie and different yeah. things like that. Like, yeah. People love it. Yeah. I, I think um, sometimes it's over the top. Yeah. But who cares? Um, you renamed... You know, jiu-jitsu positions that already have names, whatever. It's marketing. But what I do think, not only is it genius to go, okay, let me ride the wave of this biggest jiu-jitsu event in my life other than getting my black belt and beat Horler Gracie. Why wouldn't you capitalize on that if you're looking for a way to make it? It'd be stupid not to. He's made it. He's made it. And and off of marketing and, and being counterculture, mm-hmm. okay, that's I think. Yeah, he really attacked the nogi he culture. Did. He did. That's great. I think he almost grew the nogi culture. I, I, I don't think I there think would he be single handedly. That's what I was saying. If it weren't for him, we would have no nogi culture and, and t- until Donaher came along. Yes. Yeah. He yeah. carried it until then. But the question is, would Donaher would Donaher have come Probably along? Not. Maybe. But would it? Would maybe. It, maybe. But either way, he carried it until then. Yeah. And he's still and he's still there. Yeah. Um. But I do think there's a ton of merit in the fact that, like, one of the positions he calls spiderweb, which is a very hard position to explain to people if you're just sitting around talking about, well, when you're kind of inverted, sweeping somebody from an arm bar, putting them here, or you could just call it spiderweb. And then it's like, oh. Makes sense. Okay, I know what you're talking about, because that one position is defined by that name, and I think that's missing sometimes in the sport. Um because it makes it easy sometimes just to communicate. Because if you don't have that phrase for it, then you need to spend back to when we talked about having a consistent instructor. Mm-hmm. So we can be at a tournament. Oh, there you go. We were at Worlds. And I never finished a sentence when I was coaching you. Right. You just nodded your head like, I already know where you're going. Mm-hmm. I already know what you're saying. 
and that's a beautiful thing about the sport when you spend time with people and you start to develop the same language and the same mindset and you already know yeah language is super important yeah. um who's tj to uh TJ Doso? yeah well who's his striking coach i don't know why i'm blanking bang on it. bang yeah bang more tight Dwayne bang Ludwig. Ludwig. that's what he does right yeah, like they do. yeah. they'll put a name to like a whole combo yeah, and he'll, exactly. just, he'll just be like whatever the fucking name is sure. and it's like sure a five punch combo. Right. Like you, CrossFit. We're gonna do Nancy today or some crap, right? Exactly. Everybody knows what it means. It's a just, day B day C day. It's a short it's a short hit. There you go. Yeah. We looked at little at Joe Jitsu and say, Hey Joe, what day is it? C day. He knows to get right down to it. Exactly. In a, in a match. Yeah. It's developing that language. It is, and that's I think it's a very important. Um it's a huge part of the sport. Um you know, I was <laughs> so Eddie Bravo's got a DVD out, um where he kinda did a parody on MTV Cribs. Okay. Have you ever seen this? The DVD? Yeah. No, I haven't. Um, Twister. Twister video, DVD. Okay. And he talks. It's named after his, you know, move, which mm-hmm. is a wrestling move, you know. It is a wrestling move. A wrestling the first time move. I heard I was like, that's a, that's a wrestling move. A, it's a guillotine, right. Wrestling guillotine. That's all it is. Because he was a wrestler. I equate everything to wrestling, though. Yeah. That was the first language of movement I learned. Oh, absolutely. And... Uh, you know he's he's got some Easter eggs on the DVD. It's a great DVD because it just it really does reference MTV Cribs and how <laughs> winning that one match exploded the world for him. You know his gi sponsorship money goes here and the supplement money goes there and this big house the jujitsu got him and it's just all a big joke and it's great that he's making fun of himself. He's being you know self appreciating, but he's got this Easter egg on there, and it's uh, you know he used to help write for the Man Show, and Bravo did yeah oh. yeah. He got in through Rogan. Did but not know that. the skit that got him that was his character, Kwatoof. And uh, now I'm realizing I am old school jujitsu. <laughs> um, and it's, it's, it's this, uh, you know, kind of a wigger. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the guy's got four teeth, so Kwatoof. Okay. And in um, Society and Tournament, and I was like, hey, I want to talk to you about something. He said, hey, what's going on? I'm like, yeah, I want to talk to you about Kwatoof. And he got the most serious look on his face. Like he was afraid for his life, bro. Yeah, it was it was hilarious because, uh, and then when I realized that's the look he had, then I played it up a little bit. Like I was angry, like I was an angry black man about it. But I was really just gonna tell him I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, it was. And then after you got the serious look, like are you gonna hurt me? And then I started laughing, and he started laughing. Like he's not a big guy. He's not at all. Um, but it was really it was truly funny. So go to YouTube, look up Quatuf. Um. It was you know, it was funny. It's interesting. I'm sure I have the DVD somewhere. I'm not to look that one up. Um, on that same DVD, he's also got in the Easter egg. He's got um, Joe Rogan's best friend. Um, His best friend. The comedian. The other comedian. Um, uh, Brendan Shaw. Brian Callen. He's got Brian Callen on there. Um, and and Ed Clay, who used to own Gamus, who was one of my first sponsors as well. They're all in a hotel room, um, and they're doing impressions of uh, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu instructors. Mm. And Callan is freaking hilarious. He's a funny dude. He he is, but this is before I even knew who Callan was. Yeah. And and then you get exposed to like how small your circle truly is or how big, I don't know. Yeah. Uh degrees of separation. It's not very many, man. Yeah. And you st- and, I'm yeah. one handshake away from like Joe Rogan and all those guys. Yeah. I'm really close. For sure. For sure. You're the guy to know. So I, I am. This, so this so people listening, I'm pretty important. I'm he, a big deal. Right. He smells like, he smells like <laughs> cheese joking. and leather bound books. <laughs> so I was, so I was going to ask you before I, I, I mentioned that I wanted to ask you some questions. So I yeah. always think about this when, when you're podcasting, like how come nobody asked Adam questions? 
Because I'm running the show. This is true. <laughs> but you know me and making people uncomfortable. That's cool. Um, let's do it because I was going to wrap it up. So we're, we'll, I'll let you I'll let you take over for a second. So let's talk about such a podcasting. What drove this? What was the thing that spoke to you about podcasting? What made you want to get that truth out there? What you know? Where did it come from, dude? It's funny that you asked me this because I was just talking to somebody about this. But it um, podcasting changed my life. So, um, like working in the corporate world, you know, the nine to five, you're in mm-hmm. the office all day. Dude, I would just sit there for like hours on end, just listening to Joe Rogan, listening yeah. to the MF CEO Project, the Model Health Show. Like I would just, I was just a sponge for learning, and there's no other platform in the world like that. Agreed. So like, especially as far as like uh, the health and wellness space, which is something I'm very passionate about. Like the current real time information is all being like uh, distributed through podcasts or like just through like the books that these people are writing so the information can take 20 to 30 years to actually like assimilate into like the educational system so i'm learning all this information like real time and i just right. i just saw how valuable like valuable it was and then also just like how real it was and there's no there's no like middleman telling you like you can't say this. I need you to talk about this. It was just like I just, I was just listening to all these conversations like you're like a fly on the wall, and you're just gaining all this information. I'm I mean, just like I love that. I agree. It's a it's a pretty cool thing to think about. Um, for instance, like we're all influenced by Rogan and his podcast. Yeah. It, it's it's. It, I mean, he's the godfather of it. He's the fucking Oprah for men. Yeah, he he truly is. Yeah. And, and man, talking about the level of responsibility, truly. Dude, I've listened to so many hours of him. Oh, yeah, I agree. It's just like I've just been studying the greats. I have this habit of like I just want to study high performers. As, but you do that for jiu-jitsu, right? Exactly. So why wouldn't you? Or and you know, he's a high performer. Yeah. You know, and you think about when he, he first started in his house, yeah. in the first studio, then the second studio, and just, you know, we were talking earlier about somebody's post on Facebook and how nobody starts with that apartment with a TV in every room and furniture that, that, that completely, you know, matching furniture or, yeah. anything, you know, maybe some mismatched silverware and some paper plates and this and that, you know. But that's the story. But I that's the it. story and that's how it happens and, you know, uh so to see where he's come from and how he's able to build, you know, from just having his friends on yeah. in the beginning to now being a, oh, my God, it's amazing the, the, the reach he has to having, I don't want to say legitimate because everybody you have is legitimate. Everybody he has is legitimate. But to where it's a platform that people have to be on in order to be heard, in order to have also level legitimacy. Because mm-hmm. he's a legitimate source. That's amazing. Yeah. To, to see, see your podcast, as we talked about before, go from you're now at the point where you can kind of pick and choose. A little bit. Yeah. You know? and, and it'll get better. Yeah. And then the more people say yes. Sure. Yeah. Sure, absolutely. Because <laughs> now, okay, well, I mean, we can you can pick and choose who you pick by going and looking at, you know, what are their numbers uh, on the socials. Yeah. What's their span? What's their reach? And it all starts somewhere, and that's a pretty cool thing to, to for me to see and for me to watch. And even cooler because I feel like as a person and as a friend, I'm invested in you. So it's great to see your friends accomplishing things that are important to them, and they're part of their goals. Yeah. So I, I love um, 
I don't always talk about it. I'll I'll, I'll go through phases where I'll be like, hey, I listened to this one. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm or, putting out so many. I don't expect everybody to listen to. Oh, them all. I, I know, I know you don't. But in, <laughs> I, I probably listen That's more by than design. I, I listen more than I let on. But then when I do, I'll always I'll try to say something like even if it's like passing. Yeah. And I always try to say something supportive, even if it's people I'm not a fan of necessarily. Yeah. But I understand the importance of having it out there. Yeah. So I, I always support that. So whether I like a person or not, I think it's important that you have them on. Yeah, I appreciate that a lot. And uh, when I was in L.A., I had a friend tell me um, he's like uh, they call Joe Rogan a kingmaker. Because he'll fucking like sure. he'll turn you into a king. Like he'll yeah. he'll he'll change the entire dynamic of your business right. or whatever it is it that can. you're doing. Because people are now going to go immediately look. They're going to go right to Instagram and go, "Who's this person?" Well, what's uh, Faraz's last name? I don't know Faraz. Yeah. Okay, yeah, he came on there. He came on there specifically. Like I don't know who the fuck they think they're trying to fool, but they came on. He he went on there specifically to promote the Tim Tam. Right, and it worked. Yeah. They were they were sold out for. I'm, st- I'm still waiting on mine. It's taking me like three weeks now. That... Exactly. It takes like a month to get it because just the demand the demand yeah. is so high, and they did that on purpose, right? Like they, they knew what they were doing. Yeah, exactly. And he's like, oh, they're they're not paying me for this, and maybe they're not paying for like he's just maybe he's just trying to help people out. But at the end of the day, like he will make your entire fucking career. It's just like when Oprah Oprah will put you on her book list. Right. Or or yeah. I mean, Dr. Phil, right? Or who was just on Rogan? Yeah, yeah, that was an amazing podcast. <laughs> amazing, amazing episode. Podcast. Holy cow! So, okay, all right. So let's okay. So Oprah, so Dr. Phil, Nate Burris, or Nate somebody with the B. I don't even remember the guy's name, but I remember seeing him there. And then I know he had like some some stuff at like Target or Kmart, you know, like decorating stuff. She, she, she I mean, she's a kingmaker. Like you said, the book club, I mean, it's amazing the influence that some people have um, and how they just completely can jump off your career. Back to Rogan, and um, I think I probably, for weeks, put off listening to Dr. Phil. Yeah. Because of the stigma. Hmm. Amazing podcast. It's one of the best episodes I've heard. Amazing podcast. In in my top five. Yeah, I wanted to listen to it because Joe is really good at um, getting to the person. I agree. You know what I mean? Like getting them comfortable, like sure. trying to pull out who the real person is. He's really good at that. He was, it was an amazing podcast. And I, my favorite, though, maybe, Teddy Atlas. Oh, who's Teddy Atlas? Was he a boxer? Yeah. Boxer he, trainer? Well, boxing trainer. Boxer trainer. Yeah, yeah. Justin put me on that one. I listened to it. It was pretty good. Um, maybe my favorite. It's, it's His dad was a doctor. Yes, that yeah. one. It was, it was a little difficult at times. It was a long one. It was, but it was it was difficult Some only good because because Teddy kind of sounds like Ray Romano a little bit, <laughs> which for you know a couple hours can be a little taxing. Yeah, um, and he and he goes off in these small little rants as if we haven't. Um, but I don't know that I've ever heard anything as passionate and guttural, uh, where you could feel the emotion of a person talking. Yeah. Where at times when he started talking about his dad and what he learned in perspective, it like literally, uh, I think I heard, you know, where you wanted to cry with him. Yeah. Um, and which is an amazing response. Um, if you can invest yourself in something like that. Um, and I saved that one and I will go back and listen to it again. Yeah. Like if you haven't listened to that podcast, 
listen to that podcast, that was, for me, one that hit me pretty hard. Yeah. And not just because of my dad, but also just because of, you know, like you said, Joe does a great job of getting to the person. And it starts off so awkwardly. Um, and then it just kind of finds its flow. Because that's just Teddy, though. Teddy's just kind of awkward in his own way. Yeah. And then he finds his, his sea legs. But he just starts talking when it starts. And you're like, uh, I don't understand. Like, you're trying to figure it out. Because right. he just starts talking. Like, what are, you, what are you talking about? I don't, I don't get what's happening. And then it's just all of a sudden like, oh, my God, this is good. Yeah. By the time you figure it out. And um, the guy that wrote Fight Club, Chuck, um, but, but not Bednar. I don't know his name, but that was a good episode, Pichark, too. But I forget how to say his last name. But that was also um, maybe the best job I thought Rogan's ever done at being an interviewer because he had to work a little bit. Mm. Because they were just kind of missing each other, which happens. Yeah. You miss each other in conversations, and he had to work a little bit. And he had a little bit of misinformation in the beginning, and then all of a sudden it turns into, the, I think, a really good podcast. Yeah. But it was just interesting to see him kind of uh, traverse, if you will, that yeah. rocky terrain and get through that. And that was kind of fun to, fun to watch. So my whole point is, you know, my question was what made you get into it. I can see from that whole thing, like, man, that would be, that'd be fun. Yeah. It'd be an interesting way to kind of just get around and understand, and try to get to know people in the human condition a little more dude i've connected with so many people yeah. and it's had so many interesting conversations i've had conversations with people i would never have conversations with before but have you ever had one you just want to end yeah yeah um there's definitely you don't have to say names i'm but. not going to say any names but there's definitely times to where i'm just like especially like towards the beginning where like I've been sitting down with people, and I'm like, all right, well, in my mind, I'm like, all right, well, we're just going to wrap this up right now. And, we're, I'm, and then I look down, I'm like, all right, well, we're only like 30 minutes in. Because like, <laughs> you start going, uh, well, I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, we're I'm just going to fucking wrap this right. up. I'm you done. Know, well, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to steal your time. I'm trying to think of the phrase you always use when you, when. Oh, I want to be respectful of your time. Of your time. <laughs> See, I, I do listen. I want to be respectful. I'm like this dude right here is trying to get out, you know, which which is legitimate. I get that, but yeah, I was I was because in my head I'm all going through all these thoughts. Like, is he just? Are you ready to get out of there? Sometimes I'm not. I just really do want to be respectful. Oh, I know, of their and I, time. I agree. But it just in my head because I have that sense of humor. I'm I'm just I start laughing at myself, going, yeah, that's probably how I would say literally say to somebody like, well, okay, that was great, but it's, uh, it's time to wrap it up. Set wrap like you know Dave Chappelle. Wrap so, it up. <laughs> usually for the for the listeners and even for you, I'll let you guys in. Like if I really feel like you can you can tell if I like if I was ready to end early because i like i'll ask them like so what's next because <laughs> we're moving forward like i'm less worried about like the past and what's happening yeah, i'm like all right yeah. so what's next because like that's like my last question yeah. so what do you got next what's, what's, what's coming up for you let's tell the folks what's coming up and then uh you can tell them how to get a hold of you and then we'll wrap this up yeah what are your socials yeah yeah but yeah there was um there's two really in mind and one of them was just my fault so like uh and it happened on the podcast like jeremy johnson mm-hmm and it, I don't. It wasn't necessarily anything with him. I just don't think I was necessarily as prepared as I should have been for that conversation. Um, but it just kind of came to like almost just like a natural stopping point in the conversation, and um, and that's just where I could get better to keep it going. But like I was like, ah, do we stop? We'll, we'll wrap it up right now. But I'm like, no, I don't want to wrap it up because I looked at at the time like we weren't at time yet. What were you at? Uh, we were probably like fifteen minutes short or so of. 
of an hour. Okay. Like the goal is an hour. Okay. The goal is an hour. And like, even now, like I'm trying to get better with like being okay with like 45 minutes. And that's only just because some people are just so busy. Sure. Sure. But um, I try to hit at least an hour for all of them. Like, we're going to go for probably, like, two fucking hours. We're at, like, an hour 45 right now. <laughs> really? But I think we – yeah, you know, but that happens when you just have a natural conversation. It's just flowing, man. Yeah, it's just yeah, flowing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, man, Rogan was a huge influence. There's a few others, but, like, I've really studied Rogan. I think he's had a huge influence on my style. I mean, I definitely chose the style of uh, podcast based off of him. Like, I like mm-hmm. the conversations – um, I do the shorter, I mean, usually like an hour, hour and a half format, but I like the conversational format. It's just, it's just better. I found it's not like a formal interview, but sure. I'm still interviewing. Right. You just, I, I think what's important is getting to know the the whole person. Yeah. Yeah. Rather than just one aspect of a person. Um, and just keeping it open. It's like, I don't have yeah. to have this like set agenda. It's like, man, maybe what you just said sparked the question. Let's go down that rabbit hole. So when that happens, though, when I'm when I'm you know on the other side listening, and we joked before about having a notepad, yeah, I always go, God, I'd have to have a notepad. I got to start getting. I, I thought Jamie, about that. Write that down. I'm know? gonna start bringing a notepad on certain things because sometimes I'll talk to people and like they'll spark a good thought and then like I'll forget it. Yeah, but it, and I agree with that wholeheartedly. But then when do you know to write it down? That's the thing that always gets me because you have full intent of going in that direction or if you stop maybe and write it down then you feel like you're missing what they're saying though too yeah so it's when you need a young jamie that needs to just know you that helps that helps it's, it's a skill it's just it's all a skill right it all builds so we're gonna need your kids to grow up really quick and start understanding and writing shit down i need something yeah. i but i'm getting better at it i'm getting better at like listening to people and still holding my thought like i'll be looking at you and i'll just be like i'm thinking something yeah. <laughs> Like in panic. <laughs> I'm just like, or or I'll just tell myself, like, I hope they keep talking so that thought it will comes come back. back. Yeah. Which is what I did earlier. Just talk enough that it comes back. That happens a lot. Oh, you know, I know. You I know, know one of my favorite podcasts with, with uh, Joe was uh, Ben Askren. Did oh, you, yeah, did you yeah, listen to that Askren that, yeah. podcast? Yeah. That was phenomenal. I didn't like Askren up until then. Really? To be honest with you. He was just, um, his personality is not very likable. <laughs> I think he's just a wrestler. He's a, yeah, yeah. And I've just heard stories, like firsthand stories. Yeah. yeah. Like EJ, even EJ actually kind of shared a little bit whenever we talked. Yeah. And that episode hasn't come out yet. But I've just heard some stories about the guy. But you, but, but what's funny, though, is when you talk to another wrestler, you go, he's just a wrestler. But you go, that makes sense. Yeah. It's just, you know, just kind of that grinding personality. Yeah. And he uh, knows he's the shit. Yeah. But he's just, he's just super, um, I didn't realize, like, how much of, like, the mental side that he takes into account. Like, he's very, like, analytical. And he's sure. very, he's just super smart. Yeah. But I think that's, uh, man, I mean, God, I, growing growing up in Chicago at that at that time when I was there, wrestling was freaking amazing. The high school wrestling, the the, the people we had around. We go to a state tournament, you know. Um, yeah, Illinois is a hell of a state for it, wrestling. It is. It was amazing. Whether you know Matt Hughes and uh, being in a locker room with him, or you know Scott Jihad Hamden who was at Michigan, or the uh, the Williams brothers, uh, you know. Joe, Steve, and I'm trying to think of the other brother's name. I mean, Iowa, and you know, three and four time state champions, and Joey Gilbert, who fought in the the UFC and was Clay Guida's first coach, and mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, 
and my my point to all this was just thinking about how odd great wrestlers can be. They are. And just the, those little things, like all the ones that are really, really, really good are all just different. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like maybe not stepping on lines when they're on the mat or um, just, just these weird. A little quirky. Yeah, idiosyncrasies that separate them from other people. And probably more than in any other sport, but probably very akin to like a hockey goalie. Who's that? A hockey goalie. Oh, a hockey goalie. Yeah, a hockey goalie that mm. are just a different breed. Different wrestling. breed of person. Different yeah. breed of person. Yeah. But but you kind of got to be because all you have to depend on is you. Yeah. And, you, and I think that's a hard thing to teach, which for me is a um, a different dynamic in my house, as you saw earlier. Yeah. With my youngest versus my older one. Uh, you know, at, at the tale of, of two cities with my two sons, where one excels, they both excel in any sport they're in, but they're more naturally uh, gravitate toward, one gravitates toward individual sports, the other one gravitates more towards team sports. Mm -hmm. But they need the opposite for their personalities. You know, Hickson right. needs team sports to socialize more because he'd just be happy being an individual sport depending on him. Peyton needs is great, excels at team sports, but needs the opportunities that an individual sport provides in order to rely on self. Right. It's an important skill. It's a very important skill. And so it's so much fun to watch them be in the other that they need and watch them blossom. Yeah. And grow up uh, in front of your eyes. It's an yeah. amazing, amazing thing. And to see them have success, it's just as much fun, though, to see them in their arena, though, too. Yeah, like and when do, they're in their comfort oh, zone. They do their thing, yeah. But it's just fun to watch them grow as as, as people. Uh, is that you or me? It has to be you because my phone, I hope it's not me. Cause I, <laughs> I think it's you because I'm trying Cause to, mine on, mine's on silent. Well, I'm trying to record right now, and if somebody's calling me, that means we're not recording. Who the fuck is calling me at 1130 at night? It might also mean you're not on airplay mode. <laughs> I put it on airplay mode and do not disturb, I thought, anyway. I don't think you did. That was you. <sighs> Tracy, I'm about to be so pissed off. <laughs> but as long as that's recording, well, that's fine. recording. But I really like that to be there too. It happens. The video is not does. the most important thing. Um, it's probably me. Hundred percent. I definitely put mine <laughs> on silent before. <laughs> uh, it's all right. Um, but yeah, it's it's it's. it's <laughs> that's you. <laughs> it's me. You, Who the hell is called? It, it's it, it, Deja it, upstairs. Uh, you're not going to do nothing to her. I'm not going to do a goddamn thing. You're not going to do nothing to her. You I'm just going to say all that you want to say. I'm just not going to be yeah. happy. Yeah. <laughs> so oh. there you go. There's a good opportunity. There's a stopping point for you. Is that the stopping point There's for us? There's a stopping us? point for you right there. That's uh, good. All right. Well, we'll wrap this up then. Um, I want to be respectful of your time. Oh, thanks, dude. You're welcome. Thank you so much. <laughs> okay, well, we'll wrap this up then. Um, I'll leave the floor to you then. If there's anything that you would like parting words with the listeners um if you want to plug anything um socials sponsors gems anything it's up to you i'll leave the floor to you if you had anything else that you wanted to say you know uh if you want to find me just find adam and you'll find me but <laughs> as he looks at his I phone i don't think it's my phone i think it's your phone <laughs> but um you know i don't need to plug me necessarily but you know be great come see us come train but man as long as you're training that's the most important thing. Just get out there and experience jiu-jitsu wherever you go. Experience it for your life. It's a life changer. One of the best decisions I ever made. 
um, whether, you know, the gym's not full of just all alpha males. There's some in there, but it's full of, man, we've got so many more regular people. 100%. For lack of a, bit, lack of a better way to people say it. People from all walks of life. Doctors, lawyers, ditch diggers, roofers. Um, you've, you, you know, sitting against the wall after training, you've got, you know, the guy that may have mugged the businessman and the lawyer representing the businessman and the guy, the cop that arrested him. Yeah, and the, the actual judge, businessman. And, and the businessman and the, and the judge that tried him all sitting against the same wall and laughing because they didn't know it was that big dummy that did it. <laughs> and, you know, and it's, it's, it's an amazing thing that will change lives. And I don't care where you go, just go. Yeah. And, uh, it, it doesn't matter if you wrestled before or not. Most people haven't. And, uh, you know, just go do it and change your life. And, and that, I think that's, what's most important for me. And, uh, you know, even if you don't come train with me, just stop and say hi have a conversation and uh, uh, just be good. Don't be an asshole. That's what I care about. Mm, I can dig it. And uh, if anybody does want to get a hold of Tracy, I'll put those links in the show notes. So they will be there. All right, everybody. Until next time. Play that funky music I always hear now. Oh, yeah. It'll be there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening, guys. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. If you are getting value out of the podcast, please leave a rating and review, especially on iTunes. Leave a five-star rating and review. And then don't forget, go check out my buddy Justin Bricker's podcast, The Why Not Podcast. You can check that out on all platforms as well. Have a great day, everybody.